The following is a presentation of AOW Productions. This program contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed by the host of this program do not necessarily stand or reflect those of this station or its management. Bringing you controversy at its best with uncensored music, comedy, and political discussion. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Outlaw Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Outlaw Radio for the 22nd of August, 2020. I'm your host, Bad Billy. This is the Outlaw Radio special, Reckoning 2, where I'm going to continue to address the issues going on in South Africa, as well as issues going on here in the United States as well. Yes, uh, all of this, of course, pre-recorded in just a little bit, uh, I'll play the interview that I recorded with Jason Buffalo Bartlett. The latest interview, of course, has been a while since we heard from him. And then later on in the show, I'll be joined by Brendy Wells. That's right, the wife of the legendary John B. Wells. And then uh, towards the end of the show, I will be joined by Joe Emilio. Yes, uh, actually, this is kind of a cross of his show and mine. So... Um, yeah, we, we had a good discussion. You get to hear it here as well as if you were to go to his channel. But before we get to all that, I want to cue one of the best songs from South African artist, Book Van Blurk. This is called Afrikaner Heart. And I'll be back with Jason Buffalo Bartlett right after this. And we go a little something like this. Hit it. Now, from a rented basement, because Bad Billy's mom threw him out, it's Outlaw Radio. And fear and blood from that now. So, Salka bore and contained from. Oor mag kweil nou oor ons land Staan gewapen tot die tand Sy die valle donker wolk Oor die toekomst van ons volk En vecht ons nie sal ons verdwijn by Magers Fontein, by Magers Fontein, by Magers Fontein, trek ons die lijn. Kom, boerenkrijgers, wees nou helder, die 
thrill seeker rocking out to the station i hear you you're probably even sipping on a drink right now an average blah blah drink in a can or bottle one that doesn't quite hit the spot for you i'll bet you want something different don't you something more take your shot with cold cock whiskey the best whiskey anywhere why because it's different from other liquors cold cock whiskey is herbal whiskey 100 all natural herbs blended with aged american whiskey no more morning 
after sugar hangovers from other liquors with cold cox blend of herbs including green tea hibiscus ginger eucalyptus and more you'll be in herbal heaven cold cock whiskey available at spirit stores and distributors america wide find one near you at coldcockwhiskey.com follow cold cock whiskey on facebook twitter and instagram celebrate those special moments with friends raise your glass take your shot you must be 21 or older to drink cold cock whiskey please drink responsibly because there are some people out there who need practical advice and yes i'm talking about you wisdom beyond value from the desk of mr holland in whatever you do always give 100 percent, unless it's donating blood Please, keep it in your pants. You can ask anyone what the definition of freedom of speech means, and they will tell you it means you can say whatever you want. But freedom of speech goes beyond the physical act of speaking. It is what us as United States citizens can use to express ourselves, and it is a way we as human beings can grow. Those two things combined is what makes freedom of speech so important to us as a nation. This message is brought to you by the NAB Education Foundation and the Broadcast Education Association. First, there was Cranked Up Live. This is Cranked Up Live. Then, Cranked Up Went Country. Today's best and tomorrow's greats. Cranked Up Country. Now, Cranked Up Live is back. This is a sizzling hot podcast. Cranked Up Live. Curtis McKinney and Brad Hennington will keep you listening, keep you laughing, and keep you coming back for more. Convicted felons will no longer be called convicted felons. Do you know what they want to call them, Curtis? <laughs> no. Justice-involved individuals is what they renamed them. Listen and download the podcasts at crankeduplive.com. Check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash crankeduplive. Cranked Up Live. Some material may not be suitable for children under 18. Hey, I'm Nick, and you're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we say what the fuckity fuck we want. No exceptions. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard Afrikaner Heart by Bulk Van Blurk. And as promised, here is the latest interview I recorded with Jason Buffalo Bartlett. Buffalo Boer Walk is underway. Open your hearts and let's open the doors via into America for the good people, the real refugees, the Boer nation in South Africa. I am walking for our freedom. 
and I'm asking you to stand up with me and walk alongside me, not physically, but spiritually, because we are fighting a demonic war in South Africa. It's time for a Buffalo Boar Walk update with Jason Bartlett on Outlaw Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this edition of Outlaw Radio, Reckoning 2. It's been a while since he's been on the show, but it is uh, good to welcome back uh, the Buffalo Board, Jason Bartlett, to the show. Jason, how you doing? Hey, Billy, I am doing very well. I am on the road again. Uh, the virus did pause my walk a little bit, but it most certainly did not stop it, so I'm coming I'm at full steam. I've already done over 350 miles, and I've changed things up a little bit. Yeah, so pretty much I know it's still trending the hashtag uh, Buffalo Boar Walk, but you've kind of changed it up to Buffalo Boar Trek because now you're on a bicycle. Yes, so several things have happened, and um, I had to have a long break, and um Obviously, as being a South African, we always tend to grow and develop, and I thought that I could symbolize so much more uh, than just walking. I love the walk. I walked 1,057 miles in total carrying an American flag and wearing a Keep America Great hat, and now I am riding a bicycle and pulling a trailer. The trailer is to symbolize for the fur trackers in South Africa, the farmers and the Christian people, the poor people. And um, I've come over 350 miles. It's definitely not easier than walking because the hills are alive here in Tennessee <laughs> and they're getting more harsh every day. <laughs> oh, I, I used to live in Tennessee, so I know what you're talking about uh, for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, I just want to touch up on some things here. Uh, later on in the show, I'm, I'm going to uh, read off some statistics um, I'm going to, uh, yeah, since, uh, the coronavirus and, uh, let's just say the, they've made the laws a lot more stricter in South Africa with, uh, with the lockdowns. It's like, I mean, the uh, people got arrested just for standing outside in their yards from what I understand too. Um, first off, I hate cigarettes. I, they stink. They're not good for you. How... But with that said, uh, you know, they shut down uh, the cigarette industry in, uh, in South Africa because there's, there's tobacco crops, so that's going to hurt the economy and the alcohol as well. And, uh, and uh, you know, just some of the things that they're doing over there to so treat, this, uh, treat this thing that, uh, honestly, I think is a bunch of crap, if you ask me. But you know, give your take on some of that. Well, you know, what they've done is collapse the economy tremendously in South Africa by doing that. Now, I'm not an advocate for alcohol and cigarettes at all. However, there's businesses that uh, are run uh, solely on alcohol and cigarettes. And what they did is um, the government officials, many of them, used it so corruptly that they were under the table selling cigarettes to people at extremely high prices as well as alcohol at extremely high prices. So they were, they were stopping people from selling it. However, they were doing it under the table themselves because that's the corrupt South African way. That's the ANC and Cyril Ramaphosa and his gang. They make money wherever they can because 
because they've looted everything. They've stolen absolutely everything from all the people, from all the real taxpayers, which is mostly my people. Uh, they've stolen all the money. They've looted all the money, including all the money sent there for coronavirus. It's all being stolen. So that's why they look for all these evil ways to steal more money. So it's absolutely ridiculous what they did. They did it, and they've collapsed the economy tremendously. So people are suffering, black, white, and all color people are suffering there because of this government. I mean, our country used to live very well in unity together, and just over these several past years, since this communist regime has taken over, it has just been deteriorating, and the hate is growing even more. Oh, yes, yes. I mean, ever since the George Floyd incident, you know, that's just circled the entire globe. And, um, you know, even right here in Idaho, they're trying... You know, I even approached one of them and said, what are you protesting here in Idaho? I mean, maybe if you were in Boise, where I have dealt with corrupt, corrupt cops, maybe it might make more sense on police brutality. But the, the police in my city aren't like that. That I've never heard of a case of police brutality in this city. In fact, the, the police here that I have experienced are very, very prompt, good at their job, and do what uh, a policeman is supposed to do, which is serve and protect. Whereas, yes, I have, my, I have been arrested when I was younger for things that I shouldn't have done, and I was manhandled by cops when I cooperated. So I do understand police brutality. But uh, it just doesn't make sense to do that in a city where the police do their job. You know, Billy, the police in, in America are an absolute blessing to the community. They keep this place safe and they keep this place great. Of course, there's a couple of rotten apples, but that doesn't mean you cut down the whole tree. But what they're trying to do is defund. It's, it's a strategy. Um, defunding the police is a strategy of communism and Marxism. Uh, there's no hiding it. And that's what the cancer of communism has been spreading through this country drastically the last uh, few years. And um, it is now now at our doorsteps. I've tried to warn people in January, February already. Nobody listened. I had a whole lot of interviews and now it's, yeah, it didn't take five, ten years. It's right here. And also in, in defense of all police officers, the opioid crisis, uh, there are millions and millions of people on opioids and people that are on drugs like meth, like George Floyd was, are schizophrenic most of the time. You can't blame the police for protecting themselves. They've also got wives and children that they've got to go home to. So they put their life on the line and some person high on meth or other crack or whatever you, they use, they, they become schizophrenic, claustrophobic, and they we can attack at any second. They can pull out a knife and they can stab people to death. And this has happened countless times and continues to happen and nobody defends the police. And that's why also I state almost in every live video that I do, I stand up to the police because yes, the police, um, when they approach some people, they must be petrified because they have got the community all of a sudden rising against them, yet um, they're just trying to do their job, serve and protect. You know, and what it's going to come down to, because you're right, you know, defunding the police is a part of a Marxist regime right there. So, you know, and I saw a meme that just made me laugh a few years ago, but it makes it makes total sense. It was a picture of Bruce Jenner, then and now. 
obviously. You know, from Bruce Jenner to Caitlyn Jenner, it says more people are worried about this transformation than they are about this transformation. The other transformation, one side you have regular police officers, the other side you got you got full blown combat soldiers. So you know that's what's next is we're gonna the police are gonna be, will be militarized. You know, and that and that is a, a big part of communism right there. No, it, it most certainly is, Billy, because what they're doing now is they're, they're blowing a smokescreen. What the leftists and these evil people have done, they've done very well. I've seen it in South Africa and you see it in America. They play the race card because the race card is the smokescreen so that they can continue with their agenda. That's how they, they use the whole transgender to, you know, I like to say that they take God's rainbow and you know, they've perverted it and they've tried to make it their mm -hmm. own. They're pushing against what we all believe. They're going against God's word. And now what they've come up with is that everybody's racist. Everybody must pay reparations and so forth to these people. But they are being used. And many of the black Americans are not accepting this. But unfortunately, the young crowd, especially the young liberal left, white crowd has just gone crazy about this even though they don't know that they would be the lowest on the food chain if communism takes over in america you know there's a video that uh, if you haven't seen it i i highly suggest um there's an african-american woman getting in the face of a white uh, black lives matter member got in her face or he got, she got in his face, excuse me, and said, who the hell are you to tell me my lives, my life matters when you don't address the problems in the black communities in Chicago or Los Angeles? <laughs> no, that's, it's, it's incredible what's happening. It's been, it's a complete hoax. And um, I, I actually honestly believe that this is going to be a turning point for America. And hopefully they, they don't keep America great because... Uh, what you are voting for uh, in November is communism versus what we have. You know, there's another very scary factor here, and I don't know if you've thought about this, but my wife has. And this is what she told me, and, it, and I'm like, it makes perfect sense. It's a, it's a curveball thrown by the Democrats. So we got Joe Biden. He, he's an incompetent retard. And I'm not afraid, I'm not going to be politically correct. He's an incompetent, senile old retard. And, of course, he picks Kamala Harris, who, by law, because her parents aren't American citizens, she can only take vice presidency, but she could never take the presidency. So, here's Joe Biden. Let's say he wins. Uh, hopefully he doesn't. But let's say he wins. And, you know, he's too old and... Uh, it's already proven he's got dementia. So since Kamala Harris can't take the seat to uh, precede him, they have Nancy Pelosi next in line. I have thought about that. I was actually one of the first people I know to suggest that uh, because uh, I, she, that's exactly what she wants. She's a communist and she, she's a pagan in everything she believes. And yes, Joe Biden is a puppet. He, I feel sorry for him because his family should intervene and show that they love him and stand up and say, Joe, you cannot be in the public. You are strictly being used. And it is very shameful to know that his entire family, not one person, has gone up to him and tried to help him. So I actually honestly feel sorry for him. And yes, the Indian Kamala Harris, 
uh, is trying to get the black vote, yet she's not even uh, known as a black person, which is very sad that they're trying to push so hard. And um, I feel, I really genuinely feel sorry for these people that are so lost. And uh, imagine Nancy Pelosi going in. You've seen what she thinks of the Constitution. She'll rip it up in front of everybody and she will bring in communist law and, and rule. And then, then the regime will sit on top of everybody's heads and we will be forced to not only wear masks, we will be forced to, you know, the government will be notified of everything and every movement we make, just like the communists want. Yeah, yeah, they want... I mean, they're... I've, I've uh, talked with Cyrus Parsa a few weeks ago, and he told me more about the, um, you know, the uh, artificial intelligence. And then, of course, who do we have working on a vaccine but somebody who's not even a doctor, Bill Gates? He can't even fix the, the viruses in Windows. So who the hell is he thinking he's going to come up with a, with a vaccine for what I think is the, the common cold on steroids? Yes, no, uh, what, what is happening now is just pure evil, Billy. I mean, you've got people with power and money uh, that are just exploiting themselves and exploiting the world. And um, their agenda is, is become so full of hate uh, that I take my hat off to President Donald Trump in this time because he stood his ground. And although he's not a perfect man, he at least loves his country and doesn't want to see his people suffer. These people are willing to trade on each and every American to make them suffer in order to gain power. It is very, very sad. And this is a year where Americans need to vote for President Donald Trump, not because they necessarily agree with everything he does, but because they have now come to and find themselves in a position where they need to vote for freedom or they need to vote for communism. Yes, yes. And uh, since the law... And, and Billy... Oh, oh, um, go, on, go on, I'm sorry. Just... Just to add on that, sorry about that, I, I've, I've lived most of my life in South Africa, which is a communist country. I can promise you it is not nice for anybody. It's not nice for the rich. It's not right, nice for the poor. It's only nice for the government that rules, and um, they will loot and they will steal, and it, it's going to end up like South Africa. It will be a different manner and a different time frame, but it will end up the same because it's the devil that is prying these people. So um, it, we need to be very, very careful and we need to not be silenced. I mean, we, no, we did not, should be not walking around with masks, hiding ourselves. We should be standing up and talking on social media, talking on interviews, talking in Walmart, talking on the streets, talking wherever we go. We should be telling people, hey, this is the time, not out of arrogance, this is the time to stand up and say hey i like my freedoms i like my first amendments and second amendments and i like the constitution and i will protect it with my life this is the time and this is the year you know jason i don't know if i've ever discussed this with you and uh, you know getting to the uh, lockdown in south africa too i'm uh, i don't know if it's just me but am I starting to see a spike in, in farm murders? I believe I am. I think it's getting worse. And, what, you know, the reports, you know, there was a pregnant woman outside of Durban was just murdered. Um, you know, it's it seems like, you know, the farm attackers, uh, they, they don't have to abide by the lockdown. You know, they're 
They're going to continue to play their role as puppets for Cyril Ramaphosa, you know, work that uh, land reform agenda they got going on. But uh, also, I just got found out on Twitter, too, there, there was a black farmer who the ANC came along and took away all his cattle. So, you know, uh, the black community, especially those in South Africa, the black community needs to wake up and say, hey, we're in trouble. The whites are in trouble, but so are we. Billy, there's been a massive uh, spike in farm murders, and the brutality con uh, continues. I mean, they're cutting people's breasts off, they're cutting their genitals off, they're hanging them in trees, they're smashing their heads in with rocks, they're pulling their fingernails out with pliers, uh, and it is just absolutely sickening. And the amount of the attacks are, is really escalating during the lockdown as well, because they know people are limited um, to their homes, and the government has played this very, very well, our communist. ANC government and Cyril Ramaphosa and the likes of the EFF leader Julius Malema, they are evil and they're blatantly evil and yes they, they did um, take away the, uh, the cattle of a, a black farmer because this is what they need to uh, do, they need, they want everything they've, and as I said before they've looted everything, they've stolen everything so they're stealing from their own people And but the problem is uh, South Africa is a mirror image of America a lot of the time and vice versa because you know Black Lives Matter goes all crazy here and then South Africa plays off that notion and then you know they, they use a smoke screen to hide everything that's happening there so what's happening there is just so blatant and it's so easy to see, yet nobody speaks about it. And that's why people like myself are starting to take it on our shoulders um, to do something. But also on that note, uh, you will notice farmers are also starting to react more and more in South Africa because they are getting upset and they're being, they, they are being tortured and they are being murdered. So it's time for them to stand up. And I'm proud to see a lot of them standing up. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's time. It's time for uh, the spirit of the of the Boer ancestors to to shine right now because it's desperately needed. Uh, the Boers have already taught the British a lesson that they'll never forget. And of course, what did the British have to do? They had to cheat to get their way and set up concentration camps and go after women, yeah. women and children because they can't fight with honor. You know, they they can't fight man to man so they got to cheat you know and obviously well we the the rest of the government we know is far worse than that and no of course i mean but you don't see the poor people asking the british to apologize every five minutes and go on their knees and everything like the black lives matter um, Marxist movement does so you know it's it, it is really time for our people to stand up and I encourage them to stand up I don't call for violence but you need to defend yourself and if if violence comes from defending yourself then you know you are being attacked violently you need to defend yourself spiritually and physically and if they're and if the other side is complaining about violence then who who else to look to than Nelson Mandela, who uh, said he, you know, for his cause, I mean, not that I'm going to defend Nelson Mandela because he, he was a terrorist piece of shit, but, uh, you know, I mean, uh, for his cause, you know, um, looking at it from his point of view, he kind of realized that, uh, hey, it might not be resolved without violence, and this is kind of the same situation. No, exactly. 
I mean, that terrorist um, is known for his terrorism and what he did and the people he murdered. And uh, yet he's also still worshipped and looked up to. And when he was debunked and shown to be a terrorist, people all of a sudden stopped talking about him. So, yes, it is, it is as I said before, countless times, it is time for our people to stand up uh, and defend themselves physically, emotionally, spiritually, and physically defend their land as well. Uh, they own that land. They have the deeds for that land. Those farms have been there for generations, and it is time to stop. That's why I'm doing the Buffalo Blue Walk and the Buffalo Blue Track, and I'm going to go speak to President Donald Trump. And uh, whether he helps me or not, I don't know. That is the will of God, and I will still fight and continue to do what I do in order to spread awareness because we will together expose what is happening in South Africa because Americans need to know that what is happening in South Africa is the agenda of the leftists like Nancy Pelosi in America. I can promise you that that is coming to your doorstep. It is here. It is no longer knocking. It is in your house. So let's take a let's let's take a look at some things here that uh, we can already compare, Jason. Uh, number one. In Seattle, you have people, Black Lives Matter, marching up to people's doors and telling them to move out. It's it's the you know they're say, they're demanding their homes, which is you know part of uh, what's going on in South Africa. So we're talking a little bit of land expropriation without compensation. There, you know, it may it makes me worry because you know I I do have. I, I have an uncle who lives in a, a rural area and uh, you know he and he's a cattle he's a cattle rancher and uh, he's already had somebody break into his house 20 years ago and and stole my great-grandfather's uh, World War II rifle among uh, a few of his other guns you know and uh, all that so and yes, he, no, believe that's where there's smoke there is a flame. And that's exactly where they're going to come. They're going to come for reparations. They're going to come for land because you can never truly own a country if you don't own the land. And um, even though they've got no grounds to stand on, they will blow a smokescreen and make up grounds. That is coming. I can promise you. Mm -hmm. I can guarantee you. It is not coming. It's already here. That's just where it starts. You know how these massive fires start. They start with a small amount of kindle or amber that blows up a tree and it takes flame. And that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. Yes, communism is taking control and it is now trying to just spread like a wild Californian fire. It's ironic that the horrible fires are in California because that's the way they want to burn America down. You see people burning American flags. You see them burning um, several things that stand for your constitution, as well as tearing down monuments that happened in South Africa, tearing down arts in uh, universities. They've indoctrinated our children, and they are coming after us, I can guarantee you. Yes. And, you know, I used to, up until today, I was calling California New Venezuela. Maybe I can add in New South Africa because guess what they're doing in in California now? Tell me. Load shedding or rolling blackouts. Oh my gosh! Why on earth would they do that? Because they just yeah, everything's too expensive and everything must be free, right? That's uh, well. There, the fact of the matter is, Jason, I I work 
day job as a customer service uh, agent for uh, for for the customers for Cox Communications. Ever since COVID nineteen has started, you know people are confined to their homes. I I'm working from home. Other people are working from home. I'm dealing with a lot more internet outages because there's so many people whether. They have to work from home like I do, or they've got nothing better to do, so they're playing games or surfing the net, whatever. There's such an am- a big amount of bandwidth being used that it, they can't keep up, and so there's been so many outages where these these areas are that uh, the company I work for serves, you know, and that goes the same for electricity. They're just using it all up, and... Uh, like that, like ESCOM's doing, you know, everybody's just using it up. Nobody's paying their bills, whether they can't or whether they refuse. And so, yeah, now, now uh, they're going to have rolling blackouts in California. You know, Billy, the only difference is um, in South Africa, it's because of incompetence and corruption. Over here, it is a little bit more dis, um, disturbing because it is done strategically. I can guarantee you that to collapse the economy so that people can rely on government making it a communist Marxist government. That's what they're trying to do. And that's what they are doing. And they're doing yes. it underneath our noses. In South Africa, they don't have electricity because they are physically incompetent of running a country, let alone running a massive um amount of energy and power being spread out to the country. So there is a difference, but the disturbing part is what is happening in California then is more disturbing because they're not doing it because they're incompetent. They know how to do it. But now what they're doing is they're going to run it uh, so that people have to be reliant on the government. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to push for it more, you know, bankrupt the company. So you have to stand in a food line to get fed when... um, you know, obviously, dude, this is one thing I, I, I have to discuss with you, Jason, um, is um, a good buddy, Clay Douglas, told me a long time ago, before I knew anything about uh, what was going on in South Africa, he told me this, the communist w- one world government, the new world order, the first plan in the agenda is to get rid of the farmers because the farmers are self-sufficient can grow their own food can grow their own beef can uh you know or people who you know who just know how to live off the land and and know how to hunt and fish and grow crops and things like that they want to get rid of people like that because they don't need government assistance they can't control people like that the next the, the next group of people are those who are faithful to the old regime so, you know, and we're looking at that South Africa, obviously there's a, a lot of people are getting murdered, whether uh, they're on or off of a farm, but who gets it the worst? The farmers, of course, no, because they know that a farmer, people can run to farmers and, um, you know, seek cover and seek protection and they could provide for them. So they want to own the land uh, and it's, it's the same. That's why I said before. South Africa is a mirror image for America. That if you want to see the future, go look at South Africa. South Africa, Zimbabwe, and Venezuela—three exactly. examples right there. I mean, Venezuela used to twenty years ago. It used to be one of the richest countries in the world, but then they decided, well, socialism must be a much better way. Let's give it a try, and uh, yep. look what's happened to them now. You know, they Venezuela give them a year or two 
going back to their old ways and and uh, drilling for their own oil, especially since they've got one of the best oil markets in the world. Get them get them going there, so they're not part of their problem. Is they decided to be dependent on foreign oil. Get them drilling mm-hmm. their drilling their own oil, and uh, and running it the way they used to, and give them a year or two, and they'll they'll be thriving again. Must say, no, I agree, buddy. No, it's what is happening is it's no longer an agenda, a hidden agenda. The agenda is out on the table. Nancy Pelosi and her pagan followers have made it very, very clear. There is a war. Um, it is an emotional war on our children's brains and their minds, and um, we need to start preventing it. Uh, it is already too late, however. It is not too late to start standing our ground and winning on the battlefield and winning those minds back because they are being corrupted. And um, that's what I've got to say about it. And that's why I'm doing this walk. It's because it's to keep America great as well. And the cycle It's to keep America great, to keep it Christian and to keep it um, non-communist and keep it free. Yes, yes, exactly. I mean... I mean, I, I agree with you keeping it Christian, but even if you don't want to keep it Christian, you don't have to turn it communist. I mean, I know a lot of atheists who are against communism. <laughs> no, most certainly. Are you just my my personal person? You know who I stand for. I stand for Christ Jesus Himself, and um, I will never deny that. And uh, but even the non-believers that don't believe that that's fine um, i've got nothing against them but they also need to start realizing that they need to stand up for their freedoms that they have they have gained and they have, their forefathers have worked for and they need to defend it and not just let it crumble away in front of their eyes exactly exactly well jason wow has time flown by we've been talking for almost a half hour um, we gotta we gotta wrap this up pretty quickly, but before we do, I just uh, give give a little update now. Um, uh, where are you currently, and uh, as far as your traveling agenda, can you give anything away? Um, I am traveling through Tennessee, and I'm in uh, Carthage, uh, Carthage, Tennessee, not Carthage, California. Sorry, I'm in Carthage, Tennessee, and um, I am actually in a hotel tonight. Even though I'm mostly camping alongside the road, someone donated a uh, hotel for the evening, so I'm standing over here in the hotel doing this interview with you, which has been absolutely great. But um, I can't give my exact position away. I do every morning decide exactly where I'm going to, so I plan mm-hmm. it day by day, making it much easier for me, me emotionally to handle it as well as for my safety. I receive countless threats. They are now uh, attacking my family, my girlfriend, and everything on social media. They are after me because obviously I'm doing something right. Oh yeah, I mean they're they've been at, they've been after me too. I get. I don't know. In fact, you know what? I'm. It's getting to the point too where I don't even check my messages from people I don't know on Facebook. <laughs> oh yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I I hardly look at it anymore. But the minute I look at it, it starts consuming a person, and you just see <laughs> the hate con- is consuming them so badly from within. I feel sorry for these people, Billy. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. But. Uh, I want. I just want to ask you a little side question here. Aside from you know what what your mission is for for doing a journey like this, are you taking any time to do a little sightseeing too? Um. Well, 
Yes, I am doing a little bit of sightseeing. Everything, the whole journey I've come now so far, I've already walked through. So I'm not going off the beaten path, but I am actually cycling on the back roads for my own safety because there's a lot of people that are trying to find out where I am and everything. <laughs> so um, I am seeing absolutely beautiful things. But if I do stop and read the history, especially here in Tennessee, there's a lot of Civil War history, and I'm reading them. I go to graveyards, and I make my videos and stuff. Yes, I am doing some sightseeing. Uh, as you know, I'm an animate adventurer, I would say. So I definitely just absorbing it all in. America is such a great country. That's why I want to keep it great with all of you. <laughs> Hopefully you're not running into, into any more roadkill. <laughs> Well, uh, on a every five minute basis, that's all I can say. <laughs> I get a nice, I get a nice stinky one. Uh, there's especially a lot of armadillos and possums on the road. But yeah, it's it's one of those things that just happens. <laughs> but once in a while, you see a deer cross your path, right? What? Yes, of course. No, I see deer every day. I mean, with all the greenery around me right now, especially when I'm going up a hill and I'm going like one mile an hour, I get somehow get to see so much beauty. And when I do stop, because it's on a bicycle, they're not so scared of you, and you can stop. And I've had some great interactions with wildlife, uh, eagles, as well as when I'm tired, I've had some vultures fly over me, which is always funny, it makes me laugh, you know. But um, it's really just great. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Jason, I really appreciate your time. And uh, honestly, you know, we're all praying for your luck and safety out there. And uh, before we wrap this up, uh, once once again, uh, you want to plug any social media or uh, if anybody wants to donate or I know you got merchandise now, too. Uh, yes, uh, Billy. So first and foremost, uh, my website is www.boerextinction.org. So it's boerextinction.org. You can go look at documentaries. You can find out about my story. You can see all my interviews as well as you can send me a personal message. And you can also, uh, if you feel it on your heart, you can donate towards my cause. And then you can also follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter under Buffalo Bartlett. And on Facebook on my name, my all my, my friend requests a full but Buffalo Poor Walk page is available. They do hide it. So you're going to have to look a little bit um, <laughs> deeply because I am being censored tremendously. And um, also the merchandise that's available on my website is absolutely awesome. I wear it on a daily basis. I hope that you and many people purchase the, 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 the merchandise and take photos with it, put it on social media. There is a small amount of profit on it that goes directly to my organization to help uh, South African farmers as well as the paperwork for them and much, much more. All right. Well, Jason, once again, uh, yeah, uh, be safe out there. To, uh, yeah, uh, don't don't give up. Just keep keep fighting this fight that you're doing because uh, you know, I mean, I can't do it alone. You know, we need each other. Of course, no, I, we need each other, and I know who my enemy is, and all I need to do is not give up, and I'm not giving up. I've got a lot of kick in me, and um, I'm a boy boy. So I know when I know I don't know when to give up. So I will be fighting forward, and I'm fighting for Americans, and I'm fighting for South Africans, and I'm fighting for Christians worldwide. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, be safe and God bless. Take care. Thank you, Billy. God bless. Bye bye. Bye. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was the interview I recorded with Jason Buffalo Bartlett. We're going to hit our first music set. Coming up, we have Stuck Mojo, going to be followed by Waking the Sleeper, Touch of Class, Everlast, and Jimmy Gray. We'll be right back after this. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls. You're listening to Outlaw Radio, and if you don't agree with our opinions, then fuck your mother. Hey, did you kiss your girlfriend with that mouth? Farm killings in South Africa have hit record highs, according to Genocide Watch. In the last 20 years, since Nelson Mandela's African National Congress has been in power, more than 4,000 white farmers have been killed. But 10 times that number of white South Africans have been brutally murdered in what many claim are racially motivated attacks. I don't know where these fears would come from. South Africa belongs to all who live in it, both black and white. And there has never been an intention to victimize whites. Our aim and the vision and the mission of the South African Police Service is to protect everybody. They threatened us with our lives and that they will rape the family. So got a wife and a daughter. Told this to the police and they've done nothing about that. Personally, I think it's going to get worse. This is a serious matter because the torturing and the brutality that they use in these attacks is totally unacceptable. This is a matter that all of us should stand together and isolate white monopoly capital. The only two things left for you now is to get a very vicious dog, uh, many of them if you can, and arm, arm yourself, arm your family, arm everybody on your farm right now. If it's not for the guy who's going to jump over your fence tonight, it's going to be for someone, it could even be the government, who's going to appropriate your land right from under your butt. Honorable Nzimande, we have already started taking the land. If you vote against this, it's a waste of time. We are already giving our people the land and we are not ashamed of that. People of South Africa, where you see a beautiful land, take it, it belongs to you. I warn you that this is not going to go well. Um, I can't see anybody voluntarily giving up their land. For us um, capitalists, of course, it's nothing than systematic theft, justified theft, if you want, um, in the eyes of the socialists.
Charles Bronson The Vigilante In early 2016, in Johannesburg, South Africa, Kayla Meyer, a nine-year-old girl, her mother, her mother's fiancé, and the fiancé's father were brutally murdered. Kayla was tied up with wire and murdered with a spade. An innocent nine-year-old girl. Genocide of white people. Black-on-white violence is ongoing and rampant in South Africa, and the numbers of the attacks and murders are growing every day. An article posted to Vanguard14.org reported in 2016, from 1 January 2016 to 12 March 2016, there have been 64 farm attacks and 17 murders. In reality, it is closer to 60 per day. That means five people are murdered, on average, every 120 minutes. These stats are at a worse death rate than the Iraq War. The article also states that this genocide was kept hush-hush in the South African mainstream media, and South Africa's politicians were silent regarding the issue. Many black South Africans are enraged by the former apartheid in South Africa that was in place from 1948 until 1991. Now, Julius Malema and his economic freedom fighters want all South African whites to pay. Land is being seized, taken out from under white South African farmers and landowners, even by attack and murder, all in the name and guise of so-called justice. How far must this carnage go? White families in South Africa are being attacked and murdered every day. Even the lives of children are being taken. 
Julius Malema and his economic freedom fighters are destroying the dream and vision of Nelson Mandela of a unified South Africa. South African whites are being made to pay for the apartheid of the past with their lives. How long must the white genocide in South Africa continue? Why is nothing being done by South African officials to stop it? South Africa, let's stop this nonsense and bring back a truly unified South Africa, the way Nelson Mandela would have wanted it. Send South Africa's officials and politicians the message that racial segregation and discrimination of any race in South Africa will not be tolerated. Bring South Africa's unity back. Stop the genocide. Thank you.
Hello darkness my old friend I've come to talk with you again Because a vision softly creeping Lifted seats while I was sleeping And the vision that was planted in my brain Still remains within the sound of silence In restless dreams I walk alone Narrow streets of cobblestone Near the halo of a street lamp I turn my color to the cold and damp When my eyes were stabbed By the flesh of a neon light That split the night And touched the sound of silence Ten thousand people, maybe more People talking without speaking People hearing without listening People writing songs That voices never share And no one dare Disturb
girls talking about I oh harassing my spouse. Gotta park my truck on another block. Cause the subprime loan got my ass in hot. Got a couple good friends with helping hands. I need a brand new job with the healthcare plan. They closed the plan, they stole my job and told me crime don't pay unless you ask the mob. So I smoke a little grass, drink a little wine, watch a little too, try to get a little time. Every single day I find a little more behind, but I'm paying it no mind. It'll all be fine. I get by. Your emotions can make the continents ring. 
that in all your might and glory you vanished from the skies Leaving just another story amidst millions of man-made lies They tell of how you fell from the sky, your once proud beauty of flames To vanish from your throne on high, leaving only a memory of your name Rainbow bird, mighty phoenix, come once more into the eyes of man From the ancient days of Atlantis, in centuries numbered ten times ten times ten Whisper and say that you will come again And once more man will prosper beneath your rainbow wing And on your mighty fire-flecked back There shall stand that man His words will be for the voice you lack A guide for the race of man All rainbow bird, mighty phoenix Come once more into the eyes of man From the ancient days of Atlantis In centuries numbered Ten times ten times ten 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 There is no other feeling than strapping up or grabbing those kettlebells, grappling on the mat, or doing some shadow boxing, getting knocked down, getting back up, throwing strikes, and then doing it all over again. So when you hear someone scream, gear up, you better get ready, because it's just you, your hunter athletic gear, and the voice telling you to train harder. No matter how much experience you have, hunter athletic gear stands with you all the way. Their products are engineered for utmost comfort, and speed battle after battle hunter athletic gear is the brand celebrating your victory hunter athletic gear has a range of great training and fight gear for men and ladies including compression pants fight shorts hoodies vests caps and bikinis they can create custom branded ranges for your gym or business visit their website at huntermma.co.za gear up and let's train What news and information are your media dollars buying when the narrative is prescribed by the advertisers, scripted lies, media brainwashing, and thought control? Take back your voice. Take back our media. But most of all, take back our First Amendment. Subscribe to Caravan to Midnight today for hard-hitting commentary free from political correctness and media bias as I and some of the most intelligent and interesting people on Earth delve deep into what really lies beyond the headlines. Three to four hour uninterrupted and uncensored information. Join our CTM family today. Join the movement. Join the fight for freedom and independence. Caravan to Midnight is media for the people, by the people, independent of commercial obligations or influence. For less than a cup of coffee per month, you can make a difference. Let the people fund the next news network. Help us grow. Help us create a platform where we place freedom of speech and thought first. Join the family at caravantomidnight.com. 
If you've been searching for a show that talks about what's trending in the world, entertainment gossip, stupid news, and more, sizzling talk radio that is not dumbed or watered down, a show that is not for pussies, then you need to stop searching and check out the Charles Richardson Show. It's uncensored talk radio. No crybabies. No losers. No futtards. Charles Richardson and crew bring it 100% with real opinions. If you can't take it, Get the fuck out. You can even call the show and flap your gums, provided you have a brain. For the 411 stations and showtimes, like the Charles Richardson Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Charles Richardson Show. Some material may not be suitable for children under 18. The Charles Richardson Show. You want some? Come get some. It's Heidi Summers, health and wellness expert with your local health update. I get so many emails and calls about CBD, the incredible oil from the hemp plant that's being used to provide relief to millions for joint discomfort, inflammation, and nagging injuries. It's the most talked about alternative health breakthrough in years. The CBD product I always recommend comes from CBD Labs, the gold standard of CBD. CBD Labs oil goes to work fast to relieve your discomfort and deliver the results one thought nearly impossible without a prescription. This powerful oil is not marijuana and contains no THC, the ingredient that gets you high. Oh yeah, CBD Labs oil has also been used to help thousands get a great night's sleep. Don't be fooled by all the imitators. Call now and find out how to get a free bottle while supplies last. To get your free bottle of CBD Labs CBD oil, call 800-605-2785. That's 800-605-2785. Get your free bottle for a limited time. Call 800-605-2785. 800-605-2785. Yo, baby, you've had your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? You're listening to Outlaw Radio. Now buy a sewing machine, take it home, and cram it up your ass. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Cold Cock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take your shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, Gear Up, Let's Train, and USAC, the United South Africa Coalition. Go to USAC.center for more information. The songs you just heard, you just heard Jimmy Gray with Phoenix, Bird of Destiny. Before that, Everlast with I Get By. Before that, Touch of Class with a their own cover of the Simon Garfunkel classic, Sound of Silence. Of course, uh, pretty much covering Disturbed's version, which is very good. Before that, Waking the Sleeper with Wrath. And starting off the whole set, Stuck Mojo with Charles Bronson. And now, it is time for Outlaw Radio Conservative Talk with Brindy Wells. Two. 
Outlaw Radio, conservative talk. I just want to tell you that America is the greatest place on earth. We will make America great again. We the people tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. We the people are the driver. The government is the car. And we decide where it should go and by what route and how fast. Outlaw Radio, conservative talk, starts now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this edition of Outlaw Radio, Reckoning 2. If you remember last year when I was, uh, when I had uh, Reckoning 1, of course, I had the legendary John B. Wells on the show. Well, I want to welcome back his wife, Brindy Wells. How you doing? I'm fine. How how are you doing, Billy? I'm I'm doing well. Unfortunately, I think uh, I'm not doing as good as trying to lower my voice to, uh, you know, sound like your husband. I I think I failed at that. (laughs) I think his voice is is completely unique, you know. It's (laughs) one of those voices that you will recognize anyway. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to start off... um, Last year when I did this, I had uh, the farm attack statistics uh, for all of 2018 and uh, half of 2019 last year. Well, I'm just going to compare these two numbers. So from January 2019 to uh, July 2019, there were 278 farm attacks and 35 murders. Um, Here we are, 2019, from January to July. We have 226 attacks, and again, 35 murders. Uh, Some areas I am seeing a bit of an improvement. In January, there were no murders. So, thank God for that. But, Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. It's it's probably because they were gearing up for lockdown and all of that. You see, these murders are politically driven. So when they knew that they were going to have to gear up for lockdown, um, obviously all their resources focused on on the lockdown. And then once everybody was locked down in place, it started again. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And unfortunately, it spiked up. Uh, let's see. Um, there, the last two months, over 55 attacks, uh, nine murders last month. And, uh, even I believe in your area, you, you shared this on Twitter too. Uh, there, there was unfortunately a pregnant woman who was, uh, raped and killed in the uh, KwaZulu Natal area. I mean, if, is that not the worst thing that you, you can think of? And and they locked her, her children, her other children and husband in a room who then had to listen to those screams of their mother and wife being murdered and killed. And she's pregnant. It was terrible. I mean, you can't even fathom the amount of cruelty that um, uh, accompanies these attacks. It's It's absolutely mind-blowing. But... It's also not unique to South Africa. It is, it's a, uh, an agenda. It's a global agenda. And if you go and look at any socialist country, what they do, and especially if it's a militant movement disguised as a Democrat party or the, the national party of South Africa, 
you know, they, they all disguised in, and they all come in the name of, of equality and freedom and all of that. But, but it's the same organization behind them because what I have learned living in America now for going on five years is I'm in the twilight zone because I'm literally witnessing every single thing that I have experienced since 1994 or and and even prior to that in the run up to to Nelson Mandela being released and the run up and all the terrorist attacks that occurred in our in our country and and when the police reacted it was portrayed to the world as oh look at these authoritarian uh, africana regime that they just kill these poor little black people but it it was it was portrayed to the media like that or the media portrayed it to the world like that but what was really happening is what the same thing that you are now witnessing in portland and seattle in chicago it's the same thing black lives matter they go in they destroy they burn buildings down they blow things up and then when president trump wants to send in the national guard to to go and restore and and protect the citizens against these criminal thugs then he is will be portrayed as a dictator and a white supremacist so it is the same recipe it's like it's, it's it's i've seen this movie before and it's like i'm stuck in a groundhog day moment and i'm witnessing all of the same things happening in front of our very eyes and i hope to God that America and the patriots and enough people that have been blinded by this Democrat party for so long will just support President Trump because the outcome of a Joe Biden presidency is oh boy the exact copy and replica of what South Africa is today. And those far murders will become the murders in America, and you look at those numbers in South Africa, and where you said, oh, nine murders, you need to understand that South Africa, the entire country is probably as big as Texas, maybe a little bit smaller, and the white population is the minority. There's probably about three and a half to four million left in a population of 70 million. So if you're gonna do and say, oh, only nine, well, you just have to look at the size of America, and you're gonna be sitting and looking at hundreds of vicious murders happening in your rural areas and there's nothing that you can do about it. Nobody to go to because if America falls, there's nowhere else to go. If America falls, I'm looking to Mars. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah the moon, you know, wherever, go to heaven because I'm telling you the, the outcome of seeing, experiencing and, and witnessing uh, a country, a free country, a democracy, or or it, rather a republic, because we were the Republic of South Africa. We became a republic in, on the 31st of May, 1961. So everybody's going off about apartheid and the apartheid regime and, and, and everything that, that is just so horrible. And the apartheid um, government only came into existence in 1948. We only became a republic in 61. Before that, it was the British. We were a British um, uh, colony. So if you want to blame and you know, really go into the roots of what apartheid was, you need to look at the monarchy. They started it 
we inherited it and we then went on and built a a, a wonderful country where every tribe and every tongue had their own country where they could teach their children in their home language and they were happy. You just have to go and do a, a search on YouTube, Dr. Favurt speaking to the homeland presidents because that's what they were, presidents. We built them schools, roads, hospitals. I mean, the, the mainstream media will never show you the marches with, with the signs that black people put up into the air saying, bring back apartheid. Do me a favor, go search that on Google, bring back apartheid, South Africa, and Google the images. And there's more black people that are saying that too. That's exactly, it was black people holding up these placards, bring back apartheid. The mainstream media will never show you that. Why? Because during apartheid, they had free health care. They were taken care of. They were, had free schools, free everything. And they had their own countries to go to. And they, had, they could come in and work in South Africa. They didn't need visas. They, I mean, these, yes, there were segregation laws. I'm not going to say, oh, everything was rosy and wonderful. But there were segregation laws in America in 1948 as well. I'm not justifying it. Obviously, everybody grew and they saw the light and, and it got taken down. But by 1994, when Nelson Mandela walked on water into the presidency, there were no more segregation laws on the book. There was no war fought. We were infiltrated from within exactly what the Democrat Party is right now because it's an infiltration by the Communist Party and uh, the Communist um, organization of the world. And, and I mean, you can just go and look that up. I, I'm not telling you anything that is not true. So it's, it's, it's very sad that you can be infiltrated and destroyed from within. And this is exactly what is happening to America now. And anybody that um, doesn't vote for Trump in this coming election is a traitor because you are voting for a party that has been infiltrated by an entity that is hell-bent on destroying this country. Yes, yes, indeed. You know, there's a couple of things that uh, I want I want to mention. I mean, number one, you speak Zulu for a very good reason. I I know this. Um, you know, but uh, there was there was a video that I came across. Um, this, this old, really, she's an Afrikaner lady in her, in her nineties. Yes. Yeah. And she, I don't even know if she's alive today or not, but, uh, she also spoke fluent Zulu. In fact, um, her father made them, forbid them to speak English or Afrikaans until, for a long time until they got themselves fluent in Zulu out of respect for the people that he was working the land with. And well, that's, that, is, that, that doesn't surprise me. That happened. I mean, no, I've, I, I learned Zulu because I grew up on a farm. And, I mean, my friends were the, the black kids that grew up with me on the farm. We, they, there wasn't this, oh, you are black kids and you are white kids. You can't play together. There wasn't. It wasn't like that, like it was portrayed to the world media. And I always say you don't speak the language of people that you hate. Because you have to spend enough time with the people that speak that language in order to learn to speak it. In other words, 
the, the, the whole thing. I mean, if you think about what they call you in, in America, the deplorables, you know, you just, you, they, they try and make us white people look like we're these evil people because we believe in slavery. But that's not true. I mean, have you ever owned a slave? I mean, slavery was abolished in the late 1800s in the Cape Point when it was still run by the British. We, we weren't even involved in slavery ever. But that's not the point. The point is they will take any of these rhetoric words, weaponized words, and, and, and absolutely crucify any white person right now because they are elevating the black component. If you look at television, everything is black as king at the moment. Even um, this, they, they, they just... I don't think what you understand is that they are trying to change the power structure for black to rule over white because of the perceived injustices that whites have committed by ruling over them for so many centuries, which is also an imaginary made up yeah. talking point to justify their cause. So whatever it is driving them, and I, I mean, I have an opinion, I think it's the devil himself, but, um, their agenda is never to to negotiate and get on a level playing field and coexist in peace. They mm. want to take it over and kill you. And that's the ultimate objective. And I'm not just saying it because I'm, you know, just insane and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm paranoid about these things and I, you know, I'm wearing my tinfoil hat. No, I'm saying it because I've actually experienced it. I've seen it. I've fled from it. Yes, and I'm still trying to get people to, to get free out of it. I mean, you know my activism. I mean, I, they, I never shut up about it, on how they are killing my people. They're exterminating them, and that's exactly what they're doing. They are exterminating them because they want to rid the world of anybody that is a three free thinking individual that will not be bought, uh, owned, stamped, indexed. You know, and, and, and whether you're black or white, those are the people they target. I mean, you can look at any black conservative voice. They are exactly targeted like, like we are. They exactly. call him an Uncle Tom or an Oreo. He's black on the outside, but white on the inside. Somehow they're going to find whiteness on him because that's evil. You know, so that's my story. I just, yeah. just want to warn America. You know, and I like what uh, Jericho Green said uh, to me. In fact, but uh, he actually wasn't the first one I heard say this, you know, because uh, Jer Jericho Green is a uh, black, proud conservative that living in uh, the most liberal part of, of the country right now. And um, uh, the way he says it, uh, especially Black Lives Matter, he said, they may be my color, but they're not my kind. It's exactly. This is that I, I saw one black man comment on John's stream today. He says, I'm black, but that black life doesn't matter. You know, well, <laughs> if we say it, we, I mean, we'll go to jail. For I mean, in South Africa, they actually send people to jail for for making a comment. But um, but he said it. He said, I'm black. And that black life doesn't matter. We, John was reading about a story of, of that guy who shot the boy in the head. Um, so, so, I actually, 
if you don't mind giving me a moment, I actually uh, want to play this audio clip that I tried to help go viral from Anonymous. And uh, okay. yeah, this is this is about two and a half minutes long. And, uh, you know, what you're talking about, what you just said, you know, uh, just proves the point. So if I find audio clip here, give me just a moment. Is it? I'm waiting for it to load. Mm -hmm. Gotta love technology. Let's yep. see. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going a bit slow, but uh, this is actually a very very important uh, piece of information. Even though it's already past August fifteenth. Um, oh wow, it really has gone viral. As I look at the number of listens that it's gotten so far. Uh, Without any further ado. Greetings citizens of South Africa. We are anonymous. We call upon you for a critical call to action. Your government has signed a new law that will enforce censorship on your freedom of speech across all platforms including the internet. This means you will not be able to create or publish any videos to any public forum like Facebook or YouTube. The new law will require all citizens to get approval from the ANC before you are allowed to post your content and you need to pay a fee for approval. As a democratic country your government has adopted a communist style dictatorship. We will not stand by and watch as South Africa becomes another China. South Africa has endured enough corruption at the highest levels in your government and we will not allow your freedom to be trampled on anymore. We call upon the citizens of South Africa to act before it is too late. You have until August 15, 2020 to submit your opinion and views as published in your government gazette. To the ANC government, you have crossed a point that we as Anonymous take seriously. The Internet is our domain and when you deny your own citizens freedom of speech, you will answer to us. You are in our world now. We will publish the entire distribution network and finances as well as expose ministers and high-ranking officials involved in your dirty illegal cigarette trade crossing into your country. We will expose every truck, every delivery route and distribution point. We will expose every cash payment made and everyone involved will be exposed internationally. You take food from starving families, you steal our 2.2 billion rand and your tender fraud for PPE are but a few facts which we will reveal in full detail. You have crossed the line. You have been warned. Citizens of South Africa, we have heard your outcry for help and it will not go unanswered. Stand with us to oppose this law and expose the corrupt. We are anonymous, we are legion, we do not forgive, we do not forget, expect us oh what do you think of that wow um it's actually the first time i heard it i don't know how i've missed it but um well you don't know i i hope it's real i hope it is true um whether or not you know i don't know what the source is but i can just say if if that is true then then i'm eternally grateful to whomever that is oh yes yes uh, anonymous i didn't like them at first a bit uh, rough around the edges but they they do care generally uh, excuse me genuinely care 
about uh, our our freedom. And so they're if they have to go underground and start uh, hacking some files and uh, you know shutting shutting some uh, systems down, so be it. You know if if, if that's what it's going to take. You know and. Uh, just, I just wish he would do it and not just threaten. I just wish he would expose yeah. the ANC because what he, he rattled off a few things, but over the years, I mean, just Zuma alone had 800 fraud cases hanging that couldn't proceed while he was a president because he was, well, president. But now that he's not president, he's facing a few charges on corruption, but, but there's still like 800 cases hanging and then was what about this he was accused of rape and during the rape trial the victim mysteriously disappears and um, the case is dismissed and he walks into a presidency i mean it, it is it is so corrupt it is beyond your imagination and, and i think it's time it's time the world knows yes yes uh, there is something i i do want to personally tell you brindy is yes. that uh before I started talking to you. I looked to Nelson Mandela as a mentor. You know, I I was fed the bullshit. Mm -hmm. I, you know, and, and I, I believed it. I believed that this is the kind of man that uh, a person should want to be. A kind, compassionate, who forgives those that oppress him. And I talked to you, I talked to a few others, and I realize how wrong I really was. But you were fed a lie, Bali. The whole world were fed a lie. And, and it's terrible to watch America go down now with the same rhetoric and the same recipe and the same agenda. It's terrible to watch. But you know that I have been saying this ad nauseum since 2014 on every platform that would take me. And I was warning America. I was warning people. And I, I was made out to be this horrid racist and this absolutely tin um, foil hat wearing conspiracy theory uh, theorist. And, and the fact is that no, I wasn't. I was just that voice in the desert, and um, and and I, 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 it's not like I want to say "told you so," but but uh, to a large extent, I am I'm happy that America's eyes are opening to this right now because they're witnessing it in their own country, and you know what? America still have the power. You still have the majority to stop this, but now that you understand it. You can fight it. And now I feel that my little country out there in Africa is not so alone anymore and that you have brothers in arms. And um, But I can tell you that you have brothers in arms in South Africa too and that we are the same spirit. We come from the same place. We got onto two different boats. That's the only difference. We have that same patriot spirit that wants to be free, that wants to serve God, and just want to be left alone so we can do life. And um, I think it's time for, for all of us to find each other because the world has become so much smaller with the internet and use the tool to, to, to become closer and, and get to know each other and stand together because I tell you what, what they've got planned is to flood and flush us all out and kill us all. So 
the only strength we're going to have is in unity and in prayer. And that's my story. Yeah, that's why the, um, the silent majority needs to rise up because, uh, you know, if we stand, can you just imagine this? If the silent majority was people like you, me, people like John, people like uh, Jason Buffalo Bartlett, you know, um, and and more and more and more of us conservative Christians that want are ready to die for our our way of life because we're not, we refuse to go down being raped and tortured and in brutal fashion. If we're going to go down, we're going to go down fighting, and we're not going to go down easy. And with and there's there's tens of thousands of us out there, hundreds of thousands of us. We took that stand. Uh, Trump won't need to deplore the National Guard. That's right. I mean, I think there's so many people, and, and, and look, I've seen it in my own country, that, that are too scared to speak up because they feel they are surrounded by these criminal thugs and they might lose their job uh, or they might lose their reputation or, or whatever fear of God they put into them because that's what they've done. It's a brainwash. It's a, it was the social experiment. And these poor people, most of them, don't see the wood for the trees. I mean, I watched a little bit of this democratic conference online um, thing that they've got going here, and it is the most excruciating thing to sit through. I mean, I can only take small small dosages at a time. But, I mean, everything is being presented so virtuous and so beautiful, and the oneness and the closeness and the... I mean, it's almost nauseating to watch because we know the truth and we know that all of them are just standing there putting on this act and how can you stand there with a straight face and just bluntly lie to people that trust you that are willing to vote for you that follow you that look up to you and you are prepared to look them in the eye and smile while you stab them in the back. To me, that is just the epitome of absolute evilness that you cannot describe other than it being instigated by Satan himself because there's no other way to explain what they are doing. It, it, it is just absolutely nauseating. Brandy, what was the name of that soap opera you, you watched again? <laughs> Which one? Oh, um, the Afrikaans one. No, no, no. The one you just mentioned now. Oh, yeah, the Democratic side. Oh, yes, that. It is a soap opera. <laughs> uh, it is a. It was an absolute. It's. It's not even a. It's. It's. It's a soap opera. Um, what? It's one of these Phantom of the Opera weird things where there's creatures coming out of boats and floating and and it's. It's like the whole. <laughs> ritual in front of mm -hmm. the CERN opening. I mean, it's just weird. Everything is weird. You know, I'm tr anybody who's listening to what I'm about to uh, mention, you find a story, please get me a link. Um, I can't confirm this is true or not, uh, but I guess in uh, somewhere, I think it's either Portland or Seattle, maybe Chicago, I don't know, but I guess a white woman holding a baby got attacked 
by Black Lives Matter and Antifa thugs, whoever. The baby's head hit the ground, and the baby has not survived. I mean, I, I certainly hope this is not true, but... You know, I, I remember something about seeing a little video clip of said incident on Twitter a couple of days ago, but um, I have not, I mean, I didn't actually go into it. I think also, you know, with the thing, Billy, that we see all these horrid headlines all the time is that I wouldn't say you get numb to it, but you you have to kind of program yourself. I, I'm at a point now where I'm, I know what my tolerance level is. And if, if it's a baby that gets injured or a pregnant woman or, or, or a rape, I mean, I can't even read the article. It, it's just too much. I mean, yeah. how much can one person absorb before there's just too too much and it'll drive you crazy i'm probably what they want i'm thinking the reason why i don't know any details or anything mm -hmm. is because cnn msnbc and all of them are making sure that i don't know of course but i mean they, they will never report a story like that billy you know that yes but they will send a swat team to go and arrest roger stone you know an, an old man in his pajamas that's what they'll do. And, and it, just looking how corrupt the, the world's become and how they're trying to corrupt our children. Um, and people have told me I'm wrong about this. Even my own co-host, Chris Master, told me I was wrong. But the L LBGT is thinking about including pedophiles because pedophilia is something you can't help. It, you know, you're just... And it's a choice. And apparently the child has a choice too. And if it's consensual, then um, there shouldn't be any problem with it. I think it's an absolute horrid idea. I, I read the article and I thought to myself, you know what? They they are after the children. They are. They are absolutely after our children. I got an, uh, a, an email from a friend of mine who is a teacher in the UK. And um, she, she teaches uh, sixth, fifth and sixth grade. And... Um, I think it's math or something, I forget what, but the point is this one girl in, in fifth grade, um, she caught her um, masturbating. So, so she uh, reported it to the, to the principal and um, got the parents in to discuss it. Only the mother showed up. And, and um, the conclusion was that when she finds her doing that again, that she should make a space in the classroom available for her that is private where she can go and complete the act and then come back i mean this teacher is so horrified and that if she doesn't do it she she'll get fired so yeah they are trying to obviously i mean they're teaching um uh preschoolers about homosexuality and and about um one sex marriages and they're showing little grade oneers how to put a condom on a cucumber i mean why are we surprised it is what they want to do they want to absolutely destroy our children i mean they've they've this was another thing they had they had a stripper dancing on a pole in front of four-year-olds but then you got the World Health Organization thinking, well, we need to educate young kids, get them at a young age, and teach them about sex. And what better to do it than with pornography? 
It, that is a breeding ground for future pedophiles. It's absolutely disgusting. And, and you know what? It is, you and I can sit here and talk about it. And, and, I mean, I've been reading these articles about what they've been doing and how they've infiltrated our school systems. And can you imagine now that they've got everybody online, all the kids, not only can they basically start programming them with the visual audio stimulation and all the toolkits there are you mean i've seen um software programs that can literally change your mind um for you um in real time i mean it is frightening what they can do to our kids and i also saw this article where it says uh, they are very concerned now that the kids are online that the parents might overhear the lessons why do you think that is? See, God, that's all why I want to say get yourself a chunk of land up in the mountains where um, where people don't can't have access to drive up there. Li learn to live off the land and get away from this. I, I don't I mean, know. That's true. I mean, even the Bible in Revelation says in, in the end times, and I believe we are living in the end times because everything that goes on around us is, is biblical. I mean, you cannot deny it. Even if you don't believe in the God of the Bible, you need to acknowledge that what we're witnessing has been written in, of, in the Bible. And um, the point is that it says that that we will flee and, and we'll go into the caves. So there will come a time. But I believe that um, President Trump has been sent to us as a reprieve. But we're going to have to fight for it, too. Oh, um, yeah. How, how bad do we want this freedom? How bad do we not want to be communists? And, and that must be our driving force. And even if you think, oh, well, my vote doesn't count. Uh, or, you know, it doesn't really matter. Um, that is also a lie from the enemy because he will try everything to keep you away from voting. Everything. And he's also going to try everything to make sure that if you do vote, that your vote doesn't count. So we're going to have to fight this thing on many different levels. We have to show up and we need to make sure that our vote counts. And um, if that is fighting this um, mail-in um, uh, voting. Um, we know that the post office is broken. They've done the exact same thing that they did in, in, in South Africa, completely bankrupted the post offices. And if you go and read the Constitution, John read about it on, on his new segment today, um, that um, I, I forget how it works, but it's, it's uh, based on the 12th Amendment and the 19th Amendment, as that if there is a, a tie or a dispute about the election in terms of who the president is, um, the elect, who the president-elect would be, is that by 20 January the next year, the president um, and the vice president is out of office. And then there's a clause that allows the speaker um, Nancy Pelosi to then become the interim president, and this is this is really really scary, and um, I really think that is why they are so bold and so brazen, and they don't care what 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 the people think, and they probably don't even care how many votes they get because they have a plan to disrupt the election, and I think we need to understand that how serious this is and how hard we're going to have to fight for that not to happen. And I just wish. Uh Georgie Porgy Soros would just croak. 
I'm sorry. I, that sounds. I know that sounds awful. That I shouldn't wish death on anybody. I just, just as I told Cyrus A. Pars, I was like, the world's a better place without him. You know, I think he died a long time ago, and what we're looking at is probably a clone or, or just a very old body with a devil in it. Um, he's he's just a, a, the embodiment of evil, and if he dies or when he dies. Um, I think that evil will just transfer onto the next in yeah. line. It's probably his son, and it will continue unless we, the people, stop it. Exactly. Exactly. And that's exactly what needs to happen is that we, the people, the silent majority. Uh, Can I push a little yes. project of mine? I want you to. I was going to ask <laughs> you to. I've been prior, um, I actually talked about it on Arc Midnight. I launched it about a month ago. It's called quantumpraise.com. It's quantumpraise.com. And the, the premise is that um, what, what the enemy is trying to do here is um, the, the second tower of Babel. Uh, and he wants to do it with quantum computing, the Neuralink, and the chip. And it's to create a hive. And, and, and in other words, Satan himself is wanting to control the free will of man and subsequently then, you know, build his tower into heaven, which is a portal. And um, we don't even know all the things he wants to come let through, through those things. And the only way we can fight this is on a quantum level in prayer, in one mind and in one spirit and in one soul. And every night at uh, at um, eight o'clock um, Central Time, everybody just stop what they're doing and go to quantumpraise.com. There's a quantum prayer on there, and we just all pray that prayer together. And um, even no matter where you are, um, we just you just say that prayer. And and I mean. It is, it's phenomenal. I launched it and within one day I had over 2,000 Facebook friends. I've had um, so many hits on that website and, and God's people are praying again and, and we, we will win because I've read the end of that book, The Living Word of God, and, it, and at the, in the end we win. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And uh, before uh, we conclude this segment, Brindy, um, just I'll, I want to bring up, if you don't mind, uh, if you could uh, bring up more of the ARC project that you have going on. Oh, ARC project. You know, I think the whole COVID thing has really just um, completely hit us. Just as the video went viral with Katie that um, um, the whole the lockdowns basically hit us and um and, and it has been extended and extended and South Africa is stuck. I mean, they can't true, it true well and truly stuck. They can't go anywhere. So, um, and there were also a ver various other factors, but trying to negotiate at this point in time with, with any government or any, or, or try and, and bring an initiative to life while every border is still closed and every politician is, is focused on, on their own thing. Um, I mean, the promise is there to, to renew the negotiations once everything opens up, and hopefully that will be soon. So what I've done is I, I thought about it, and um, people want to, to, to leave the country, but they're struggling, and, and especially now with COVID and so many people who have lost their jobs and, and they, they don't have an income, I thought, oh my gosh, what is the most immediate need right now? And that's an income. 
So what I've done is I've, um, in, together with John, um, created a platform that's going to be live within the next week or two, and uh, it's called Itruzu. Um, it's a platform where you can go and register. Um, uh, if you are a South African, um, you can register for free, and um, you must just uh, contact me. And um, and you can open up a store, and I will teach you how to do drop shipping um, from your home, and to to help you to open up an online store and grow it for you, and literally walk that path with you. And my aim is to to teach every South African who is stuck at home with no income whatsoever, but has access to the internet. To, to own and operate a successful online business and become um, financially independent. And then by the time the borders open, they are also in a position to, to be able to escape and go to any country for that matter. As long as they have an internet connection, they can earn an income. All right. All right. Well, Brindy, that's uh, definitely all the time we have for this segment. I uh, want to thank you very much for joining me. And, uh, yeah, I've got, I do apologize. I have not gone to that website yet, but I'm now I'm going to. So. <laughs> thank you so much. And yes. thanks for having me, Billy. I always appreciate you having me on. Yes, absolutely. And uh, uh, any, any other, uh, you, you got the websites, any other social media you want to plug? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. I am at Brandy Wells, B-R-E-N-D-I, Wells, W-E-L-L-S. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Brandy Wells. And yeah, you just send me a, a message there and, and, and I'll hook you up to whatever project I'm working on or whether what you're interested in. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much and uh, best of luck to you in your future endeavors. Thank you so much, Billy. God bless you. God bless. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Outlaw Radio Conservative Talk with Brindy Wells, and I want to thank her very much for joining the show. It is time to go to our next music set. Coming up, we have Sergio Michelle, going to be followed by Mickey LaMantia. Then we have Jack Perro, then Through Fire, and Steve Hoffmeyer. We'll be right back after this. How dare you and who in the hell fuck do you think you are? You're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we're proper gentlemen, because we always ask... Do you mind if I fart? You really know how to waste a Cialis, don't you? You're abusing my fan.
1948. Apartheid, separateness, a system of institutionalized racial segregation and discrimination began in South Africa by its white people. 1991, apartheid ended. 1994, Nelson Mandela became the first elected president of South Africa. He had a dream and a vision of a unified South Africa. 2013, Julius Malema founded the Economic Freedom Fighters, EFF, and is its commander-in-chief. Now, Julius Malema and the EFF want to change the South African constitution and take land away from white South African landowners. Black people, all of us, we need to unite and amend the constitution so that we can expropriate land without compensation. Julius Malema is destroying the dream Nelson Mandela had for a unified South Africa. He is dividing South Africa, turning the tables against all the white landowners of South Africa and leaving them landless. It is only through the expropriation of land without compensation that our people will be the rightful owners of this country. Only if your skin color is black. This is a matter that all of us should stand together and isolate white monopoly capital. Julius Malema is an angry militant, enraged from the aftermath of the former apartheid. He wants all South African whites to pay. He sang a song about shooting the white farmer and talked about cutting the throat of whiteness. Can we say genocide? Malema tap-danced his way into his position as president of the African National Congress's Youth League. He was expelled from the ANC in 2012 after he violated South Africa's constitution, engaged in hate speech, exploited and threatened journalists, and caused divisions among the ANC. Malema was stripped of his title and ANC membership. Now, he has the gall to call out to the ANC to back the EFF in its efforts. He was also arrested for fraud, money laundering, and racketeering. Malema also admired Cuban dictator Fidel Castro. Come on, I'm sure you'll agree. Malema is not someone fit to fight for a nation's economy. In fact, he and his goons will destroy it. Honorable Nzimande, we have already started taking the land. If you vote against this, it's a waste of time. We are already giving our people the land and we are not ashamed of that. People of South Africa, where you see a beautiful land, take it, it belongs to you. The people of South Africa are not even allowed to talk about Malema's bullying and tyrannical tactics. But the people of South Africa should not take them lying down. Bringing racial segregation and discrimination back to South Africa is not the answer. What's more, if Julius Malema and his economic freedom fighters confiscate the land and take away farms, it could very much lead to famine and poverty all over South Africa. Julius Malema, a racist tyrant and a problem for South Africa's freedom.
school Up the balls put down, the nation rises Bokke rings out, elke keer as hore tryers Die bokmokkers trots, vandag gaan ons win nie Green and gold, ons amal green and in Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh. chicken, 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 chicken
Daar ze land en volk in jental gedoet Met gebede en beskryd en bloed gekoop Wat weer en weer van sy knie af moet streef Ons sal dit oorleef Uit die kake van oormacht Duur die vuur op ons waar Staan die engelen by ons vrouwen En die kinders wat sterf Elke grafsteen en standbeeld Vir die wat bly leef Ons sal dit oorleef By hardklop tot dokkie Waar hy breek vir my volk Voor die kakie kanon Of die krijgerse dolk Dit maak nie meer saak nie Waar ons ons begeef Ons sal dit oorleef Ek lig my oog Tot die berge om Waar sal my opdocht vandaan kan kom Ach my God jou Dier my gevier Ons sal dit oorleef Ek staan vandag Op jou plaas O vriend Daar angst al voor die stilte So ver ek kan sien Maar die geeste van gister Sal morgen herleef Ons sal dit oorleef USAC Incorporated, the United South Africa Coalition, comprises groups and individuals around the world working together to create public global awareness of the genocide in South Africa and to develop community restoration programs that will make South Africa a safe place for all races to thrive. USAC works to inform world leaders of the present-day conditions in South Africa through documents, news reports, images, videos, publications, 
documents, petitions, and witness statements to unite with South African leaders to bring meaningful assistance to people in South Africa, to educate and develop trade schools to improve the quality of life in South Africa, to enact employment laws that are fair and equal for all in South Africa, and to work on trade development projects to improve South Africa's economy. To join USAC and for more information about USAC and what you can do, visit usac.center. This is the Renegade Show. You have three different scenarios here, and I'll give them to you. No, I said scenarios, not Cheerios. Coming to you coast to coast and around the world on your favorite radio station. How did you get Cheerios from scenarios? All right, it's time for the Renegade Pick of the Week countdown. Here we go, counting it down all the way to number one. Who farted? Yeah, we'd like to welcome you to the Renegade family. Does anybody even remember Dookie Hauser? I think it's fair to warn you that by listening to this show, you're committing a misdemeanor in four states. Three children are asking their parents where babies come from. Two children run away, and one mother ends up crying by the end of the show. This is the Renegade Show. Go to Facebook.com slash Radio Chris Master to find out days, times, and stations of where you can catch the Renegade Show. Hey, everybody, it's your boy West Dog from the GF6 Show reminding you to check us out on the baddest station on the planet. For station and broadcast times, go to www.gf6.com. That's G-F-S-I-X.com. You know what we do. Blow it up. Be wise. Be ready. Wise Food Stores provides ready-made gourmet meals with an amazing 25-year shelf life. Just add water and your family is eating delicious gourmet food. Why waste your next emergency on an empty stomach? Call today at 855-401-0959. That's 855-401-0959 to order or request a free sample. Be wise. Be ready. From the bowels of a nondescript building in a little hick town, this is Outlaw Radio. I'm not in the mood to deal with you today, you stupid asshole! All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to LR Radio, brought to you by Cold Cock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take your shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, gear up, let's train. And USAC, the United South Africa Coalition. Go to USAC.center for more information. The songs you just heard, you just heard Steve Hoffmeyer with Un Saldit Orlief, translated in English, We Will Survive It. Before that, Through Fire with Stronger. Before that, Jack Perrow with Springbuck Warriors. Before that, Mickey LaMancia with Locked and Loaded. And starting out the whole show, Sergio Michel and Cry Out. And now, here comes the interview that uh, was recorded with South African comedian Joe Emilio. You're going to enjoy this. Law 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Let's Talk. I am sitting here this morning. Well, then again, it depends on which side of the earth you're on at this point. For me, it's morning. For the, my guest, it's, I think, sometime in the evening. Um, and my guest today is, uh, or evening, is uh, Bad Billy from Outlaw Radio. Uh, contacted me, wanted to have a chat. So I said, sure, why not, my fellow American? Um, so... <laughs> Billy, tell us a bit about yourself, what you do, what you're all about, Outlaw Radio, Olet Nej. All right. Thank you very much, Joe. And uh, just really quick, too, uh, this is part of the upcoming special I have for Outlaw Radio called Reckoning 2, where I'm addressing a lot of the issues going on in South Africa as well as here in the U.S. and making comparisons um, Outlaw Radio, of course, is a uh, variety show, if you will. Um, it's, it consists of uh, where I, I interview up-and-coming independent musicians, um, you know. In fact, I even had uh, a few uh, popular names like uh, Ross the Boss, who's the uh, original bass player for Man of War. So, you know, I've had the privilege of talking to somebody like that, you know. And then I've, uh, on the South African side, when it comes to uh, music, I've had the pr privilege of talking to uh, Francois von Koch, oh, yes. Jack, yes, Jack Perro, mm. uh, Dan Petlansky, and even Steve Hoffmeyer. So, yeah, people are then, not going to like the fact that you interviewed Steve Hoffmeyer, but the rest are cool. <laughs> you know, you know what? The, yeah, I've already had a few people try to bust my balls for trying try, for interviewing him. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right. So, also for those of you that are watching, I wanted to mention this. I forgot to mention it in the beginning. Um, Billy is Billy. And I encourage my guests to be who they are on the show. I don't want them to wear any kind of mask or be polite just because they think they have to on this channel. I don't censor anyone. So for that reason, uh, Billy did warn me that he likes to swear. And I don't mind that either. I swear too. Um, I do try and hold back. But for those of you that are watching that have sensitive ears, you have been warned. Um, sorry, I just wanted to mention that. <laughs> Yes, yeah. I mean, often depending on my guests too, like uh, you know, like Jason Buffalo Bartlett, I told him I keep it clean when I talk to him. So you yeah. know. <laughs> All right, Billy. So you said you just wanted to have a discussion about a few topics. So ask away, man. All right. So uh, first off, my fellow American, I mean, I, I just got to ask you how how long have you been out there? Uh, out of uh, out of USA. United States, you know, African continent from Egypt to uh, South Africa. How long has it been? Okay, so the last time I was in USA was when I was 16 years old, I think. I have tried to go back, but obviously, um, due to financial reasons, I wasn't able to. Uh, tickets just soared. Um, but that would be pretty much 15 years ago. Uh, and... But I left USA because when I was 16, I was visiting for a month. Um, I left USA when I was eight years old. So it's been, it's, been, it's been a while. It's been a very long time. I miss it. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, once they can uh, lift this travel ban and get over this pandemic bullshit, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I hope to. I do hope to visit soon. Um, I have family in Texas. I have family in Washington D.C. If I'm not mistaken, or Washington. Um, I have family in Las Vegas, um, and I have a very long-term best friend uh, who I've known since Egypt's years, um, who's currently staying in Boston. So um, I hope to maybe go visit him and visit some of the family that I have there. Um, plus, I mean, I want to—I just want to go back to Texas. I want to get the, the the cowboy hat, the boots. Um, you know, I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I want to get that stuff. It's 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 yeah, but I, you know what scares me though is like when I go back that I'm not going to be American. Um like cuz I don't I know that my accent's not like yours, you know. It's not that I was yeah. I was telling you off air. It's not that southern accent anymore, which is weird when I watch my uh those we all have those home videos that your mom makes when you're a kid and stuff like that and when I watch them I, I there's this 7-year-old, 6-year-old with a very thick southern Texas accent. Um, and I'm like, that's not me. <laughs> not that I'm embarrassed about the, the accent. It's just like, it's, it, it just sounds so different. Um, so it's like, it's gotta be a different kid. Um, <laughs> um well, but yeah. Well, me primarily, I mean, uh, I mean, I, I was born and raised in Idaho and, um, but, uh, lived different parts of the country. Like Las Vegas is one of them. Uh, I lived there for five years, but, also, when I went to South Carolina for the first time, and also uh, drifted off to Tennessee, it was like, you know, I mean, God, that uh, you fucking Yankee, basically, <laughs> you know, a lot of a lot of them too. I mean, uh, you go to the South, and there is a su such thing as uh, Southern hospitality, but a lot of them don't like you if you're up from north, from up north. Yeah, and even though Idaho isn't uh, really. You know, the Mason-Dixon line doesn't stretch out that far west. You know, it's still part of the northern United States. Mm, yeah. Well, it's sad to, to, to know. Like, I've spoken to a few people uh, that are still in America, and they, it's sad to know that there's still that divide, you know, because America, for everybody else, is almost, in some circles, is, is considered, like, you know, still land of the free, opportunity, uh, pursue that American dream, which I know that you can do, but I don't like hearing about the racism that still goes on in some parts. Um, and yeah, because America to me has always been uh, a place of, uh, I don't know, integrity, freedom, liberty. Um, you know, I remember the Pledge of Allegiance is a beautiful thing to me. And um, I used to say it all the time. You see the flags behind me. Um and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, that's just the sad thing to hear. You know, that one thing that has always kind of puzzled me, and I've thought about it too, you know, um, regardless of whether or not there was slavery, I think we would still have um, black people in this country. There just pro wouldn't be as many if they didn't have slavery. But without slavery, they, a lot of them uh, would have migrated over here. That's and cool. I think uh, I have a feeling, though, that if that were the case, they get treated a lot worse, you know. Interesting. I, yeah, I, because uh, be, they'd be treated as foreigners, obviously disrespected for the color of their skin, mm. you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. the same thing happens uh, to me. 
Um, you know, that's what happened to me. Not necessarily for the color of my skin, but just like in Egypt when I was there, I was discriminated against uh, just because I was American. I was a foreigner. I was American. It was after nine eleven, um, and just the the hatred that the uh, that some, not all Egyptians, some um, had towards the American people was 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 intense. And funny enough, I went to America shortly after 9-11 to visit. And um, it was weird to me because I thought Americans were going to have the same reaction towards Egyptians or, or like, because I, I used, my cousin would tell, I was visiting my cousin, he would, I was visiting his friends and then he would say like, oh no, he's, he's from, he stays in Egypt now. So then I'm like, oh, okay, now this guy's going to think I'm Egyptian. But actually, the Americans were very like, oh, man, you stay in Egypt? That's so cool, man. Tell me more about it, blah, 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 blah. It wasn't the same, you know, but in Egypt, if I said, oh, I'm American, then they'd like go like, oh, go home. You don't belong here. Some of them would beat me up. It's, it's yeah, it was interesting. It was a very interesting time in my life. <laughs> yes. Yes. But also, you, you know, Joe, we're, we're, in, a, we're in a time, too, where uh, – a lot of people don't know what real racism is. Yeah, the definition's uh, been broadened too much, and that's the problem. Yeah, yeah, it's been broadened too much. Um, like that that red hat right there. Ooh, you must be a racist. <laughs> okay, wait, let me talk about this background for a second, all right? I'm going to actually bring this up, all right? For those of you that want to know uh, what's here. Um, so... This is from my rant video, this background, and it's meant to trigger people who um, don't like certain symbols. Um, and because I know that some people will tune in and be like, oh my God, he supports this or he supports that, so he must be evil. Um, but you're proving my point of the rant video, that uh, we don't take the time to get to know one another anymore. And you should, because you'll realize that I'm a very... Uh, complex individual with different ideologies and beliefs and um, I might support Ronaldo or, or Germ or Ramon or Chris Wyatt or someone such as yourself, but it doesn't mean I agree with everything that you stand for, but Absolutely. you seem to be a decent human being for the most part. We can have an, an, a conversation with no animosity and that's the point of this channel and that's the point of what I'm, what I'm trying to do on this channel. And and yeah, so I hope uh, I do hope that this doesn't this background doesn't scare people away. I would like more subscribers, of course, um, but <laughs> so be it. I mean, it's it's time to this whole argument. I saw it again today on Twitter. It's starting again. This whole argument of association. You know, um, you know, if I have certain followers, or I retweet certain people, or I associate with certain people, then I must agree with what they say. It's it's ridiculous. That is a huge problem. Uh, the words live and let live don't uh, seem to have a significant meaning anymore. No. The, the memes that you see on the computer make sense. I'm a tolerant liberal. Now agree with me or else, you racist, homophobic, uh, xenophobic bigot. <laughs> yep, yeah, that's pretty much how it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that can work on both sides too. You know, I've I've uh, seen some extreme uh, people from the right who who think, well, if you if you don't agree with them, you must stand against them, and you're the enemy. 
Yep. You know, you're. it's like, according to them, when it comes to the term freedom of speech, it's like a one-way street. They have it, and you only have it if you shove your head up your ass as far as they do. Mm. Yes. This is the discussion I was trying to have with an individual on my show where I said, I said at the very beginning, there's extremes on both sides of so the right and the left. You have the extreme left and you have the extreme right. And they both share similarities in the way they behave. Uh, their ideologies are different, but the way they behave is the same. You know, they'll result to insults right from the beginning or, or in, when they engage with you. Um, they want things done their way, but that's the whole definition of an extremist side. You know, I mean, ISIS wants things done their way. Um, so, I mean, I don't agree with any extreme uh, any extreme movement in that in that regard yes yes and uh you know all already it was uh, just yesterday from uh there there was an all-female uh band that i featured on my show called uh dollskin and i interviewed their drummer three years ago and um my good buddy uh billy bolt who runs a an all heavy metal show called the thrash zone is uh, pretty much, I think he's more on the independent side. You know, I mean, he's, t he talked about good things. The Democrats have done. He's talked about good things. The Republicans have done, and he is not impressed with, uh, the, the, uh, democratic party these days. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he, and he expressed his, uh, support for, uh, president Trump. Next thing you know, uh, the lead singer of Dollskin comes along and calls him a fascist. And her words are, if you don't support Antifa, you're a fascist. Well, that's irony. <laughs> Am I? Of course, I came along and uh, you, you want to do some mudslinging? You want to talk some shit? I can talk some shit, you fucking communist. <laughs> Boom. Uh, <laughs> all right, so I'm going to get to some of the chats here. We have uh, Eleutheria. Please, ladies and gentlemen, please go subscribe to Eleutheria. She has guests on our show as well, and she talks about everything liberty. Uh, so please go check her out. Uh, the South Africans uh, would be more welcomed in the South, question mark, with a winky, st uh, with a with an emoji. Um, so do you think that's a, a fair assessment or a fair question to make? Should South Africans move to the South? You, the, you mean the Southern United States? Yeah. Texas, Mississippi, and all? I don't think it really matters where uh, where they go. I think they'd be welcome just about anywhere. Um, you know, uh, here in Idaho, I know they'd, they'd be appreciated. You know, I think California would be off limits, but then California has become a communist liberal shithole that I'll get into a little bit later. You know, but I'm thinking, you know, t places like... Uh, Montana would be great. Wyoming, Oklahoma, Texas, Mississippi, you know, the, those places those places would would welcome South Africans with open arms, I think. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm sure you've given some South Africans something to think about now. Um, if they can go over. Um, we have Dalji Adila saying both left and right wing are on the same bird. Yeah, well, that's that's actually an interesting uh, metaphor there. Uh, and then M Michael Herb saying, thank you, Michael, for tuning in, saying uh, Antifa are just domestic terrorists. Exactly. I agree with that. And I got, oh, yes. I got into a little bit of a, I think that when I started speaking out and, and actually 
being free with my views and stuff like that, if I could put it that way. Um, when I retweeted Trump's tweet, when he said uh, Antifa will be now uh, regarded as a terrorist organization, I had a few people messaging me like, Joe, what the hell? You support Trump? And I'm like, so what if I do? Like, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, people think when I say I'm a Trump supporter that I'm like all in. You know, like I'm like, I'm, I'm campaigning everywhere I go, like, hey, support and vote for Trump. I'm not. I, I don't agree with a lot of what he says and a lot of his policies. I've said this before many times. Um, I just don't think Biden is, is, is all up there. I'm sorry. I've, I've seen some of the interviews he's done. It doesn't make sense. Um, and I don't think he has the, the best interest of America at heart. I mean, he was vice president for eight years he didn't do much as vice president, if you ask me, um, under, Biden, um, under Obama. Um, and yeah, so I don't know. I just, uh, at this point, I look at Trump and I'm like, okay, the economy was better. It was, had been better before the pandemic. Uh, the best it's ever been in years. Unemployment rate was really low. So on that basis alone, for me, as an American, if I was living there, I would love that because I have opportunity. I can provide for my family. I can I can have a decent job and afford things. And, and that's, at the end of the day, what most people want. We want to live in a society where we can have opportunities to do what we want to do and get paid for what we're doing and afford cars and houses and all that beautiful stuff. Um, and if you're doing that as a, as a leader, uh, providing opportunity for your people, then uh, and, and empowering them and, and helping them live, um, then I'm you got my vote. I'm sorry, but that's just how I think um, on that basis alone. And if that gets me in trouble, so be it. Well, I got Nancy Pelosi is the is the biggest piece of shit bitch we have in <laughs> in our uh, in, in politics, U.S. politics right now. And th- this is the thing, Joe. That really, really scares me. You know, I, I think I think Trump's going to win by by a landslide, just like uh, most people are are predicting. And Trump has has many more supporters than the than the world really thinks. It's just that the narrative, CNN, MSNBC, and everyone else wants to brainwash them that he's a racist, he's doing this, he's doing that, whatever. And you got Nancy Pelosi, you know, tearing up his paper at the state of, state of the union and that bullshit she pulled. Pulled, but here's the thing. Here's oh, sorry, I, I have to comment on that. Sorry, um, hold that thought because I just want to comment on what you just said about that that tearing up. Right, I think that was the moment, or one of the many moments that actually switched me. Where I was when I saw that. I don't care what side of the fence you fall on. I don't care what color of skin you are. I don't care about where you come from. Even the moment you do that to any speech. Any speech. Imagine you tear up Abraham Lincoln's speech or you tear it up Obama's speech. Doesn't matter which side you fall on. That was a disgraceful, disgraceful thing to do and very un-American. I mean, yes. I, I know the left were cheering for it and like, yay, but oh, it, it, it reminded me of in Egypt when 9-11 happened, right? And the next day, there were Egyptians and other Arabs in, in various parts of the Arab uh, countries celebrating the Twin Towers falling. They were in the streets cheering about it. And I, I had that same 
kind of moment when I saw this woman tear up a speech of the president. Doesn't matter what president it is. It's about principle. And then people are cheering for it. What is going on in this world? I'm sorry, but that, that just really upset me when she did that. Yes. But uh, th- there's, there's a bit of a scary thing, Joe. Um, you know, we look at Joe Biden. He's retarded. All right. He's going senile. And, and the world knows it. Yet, uh, and he picks Kamala Harris as his running mate. Thing is, uh, Kamala Harris, uh, she's American, but her parents are not. So she can only get the vice presidency. Mm. So mm. imagine Joe wins. Hopefully not. But he, he does. And, uh, you know, with him going into dementia and Kamala cannot uh, step up and take his place, who's next in line? Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. That's a very scary thought. Mm. Very. Yeah, that is. Uh, I don't know. Well, you seem pretty confident that uh, Trump is going to win. Uh, we often hear about the silent majority. Um, is the silent majority a thing? Is that is that really, you know, because over here we just see... Uh, the media uh, spouting, you know, they, they look for people that fit the narrative, you know. So they'll they'll show an interview with this hillbilly uh, who barely knows how, how to string three words together with a missing tooth and has a beer in his hand, like, yeah, Trump, all about Trump, yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, obviously it's, it's, it's not actually like that. Well... Let's let's look at South Africa and what we call the so- silent majority there. And the silent majority there are also going to be black. Mm. Now we and what I believe is that uh, even even you know there there are a lot of very good black people that uh, you know I I'd go out and have a beer with you know, um, and for me myself I I even put this on my Twitter. I said that uh, I, I, I never fully support apartheid. I mean, uh, I do believe that things, uh, just as even uh, Delirious Malema said, things were better under apartheid. But, um, you know, I can't support a, se- a, a segregational system like that. You know, I, I, just, I just can't bring myself to do it no matter how good it was, no matter how good the economy was back then. You know, and I will never say bring apartheid back, Hmm. but they're, I mean, they can deny it all they want, but there are black people in South Africa that are asking for the apartheid regime back. I mean, they may not have agreed with the segregation, but they felt safer back then. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of the silent majority that I that I'm talking about. Yeah, I think I think what people are starting to realize is that it's not really about the obviously unfair laws that were implemented in that time because there's a lot of things that like for example we've never had a free market in South Africa. You know, in apartheid years it was benefiting the whites. Now it's benefiting the blacks, and some people say that's. Uh, I know I'm going to get in trouble for saying that because. It's actually, uh, what's the word they use? Reform or something like that. Um, and fine, you can call it whatever you want. But um, when you segregate or uh, 
what's it called when you uh, have certain policies in place that that only benefit a certain skin color that's discrimination um, and my point is that I think what people realize or are starting to realize after 26 years of ANC being in power uh, which is half the time the apartheid regime was was around um, the apartheid regime Yes, it was bad, it was terrible, people died, all that stuff, I agree, don't want that part back. But I think things were working. The state was delivering on, people had electricity, that was not, there was no load shedding. Uh, the hospitals were good, the schools were good, everything was good. Um, and I think South Africans want all those good aspects uh, to return, but in a world where everybody can be involved and everybody can have the opportunities to go to these hospitals, these schools, uh, have a place of work. Again, what I said about uh, a good economy where everybody has opportunity to spend money, to, to build a good life, that's what South Africans are, are definitely yearning for. And I can see, man, like throughout the lockdown, <laughs> people are not happy with the ANC right now. Like, it doesn't matter. It, it, it's, I hope that people will show that at the, at the next election. Yeah, and uh, they very well need to. I mean, uh, um, Cyrilla Repulsive has proven more and more every day what a failure he is. It's <laughs> <That's> a new one. <laughs> <laughs> I came up with that a long time ago. I, I didn't know what else to call that dumb fuck. Yeah. Uh, redress, I, that's the word I was looking for. Thank you, Ruben. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Redress, that's the one I'm looking for. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, kind of like Trump, I'll come up with names for people, but uh, no. Um, uh, the only credit I can give uh, Ramaphosa is that uh, he's only a little bit smarter than uh, dumbass Zuma. Uh, that, that, I'm sorry, that, you talk about a retard who can't even fucking count. That was just comical where he was trying to count. Like, what a fucking retard. I don't know. I saw a poll on Twitter recently where actually people were saying that they want Zuma back. It's almost like, yeah, we know he stole, but we think he would have done a better job. It's like, I don't know about that. <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, I don't think um, South Africa uh, has had a decent president since maybe even uh, Nelson Mandela years. I think uh, yes, Nelson Mandela is also now, you know, there's two sides of the fence with that one. But um, he, when, he was, when he was in power, when he was president, shit was working still. You know, even uh, Tabum Beki, who, yes, again, there's a lot of people that don't agree with some of the things he did. But the economy, uh, it had very low unemployment. Um, and the moment they got him out and put Zuma in place, then the unemployment skyrocketed up. Um, and I mean, I know then that's what really irritates me when people nowadays say, yeah, the economy's in shit because of apartheid. No, it's not. You had a president, Tabo Mbeki, who was improving the economy, giving opportunities to people, and the ANC kicked him out. It's not because of apartheid. Sorry. And that's also going to get me into shit right now. But... Start looking at the real facts, people. Start researching. Start Googling. I found all this stuff out by Googling. It's like people forget how to Google. Well, well hell, if they, if they love Nelson Mandela so much, then maybe it's time to follow his example when he said, if, uh, 
if the ANC does to you what a, what apartheid did, you must do to the ANC what you did to apartheid. Yeah, Maybe but it's time to start following that example. I've seen that, right? But here's my skepticism with that, is that there's, mm-hmm. there's videos of nearly every speech of Nelson Mandela. Some of it's been lost throughout history. Lost. Um, and apparently the, there's a lot of controversy when it comes to that line. In doing research about Nelson Mandela, that line was found in his diary where he made notes for his speech. Now, there are certain people who say, yes, we saw it. And then there's other people that say, no, we didn't see it or we didn't hear it. And there's no footage. If someone can find it, please, please email me the link. Please, I beg you. I would love to, to see that but, and have proof that it actually was there or actually said but at the moment, the only thing that we have to go on is his notes with the, or a diary with notes of his speech. And there's two camps. Some say he did say it and some say, no, when he actually did the speech, he didn't say it. So I don't know. Mm, yeah, you never know. But I, I agree, regardless of whether or not he said it or not, it's, it, it's an example that should be followed and people, people should be doing it. You know, it's um, – and even for – the black people who I can understand, I mean, God, necklacing is a horrible way to die. But, um, you know, if uh, it's, I'm sorry, it's time to, for everybody, black, white, whatever you are, it's, t- it's time to uncup your balls, stand up, you know, and, uh, and, and take a stand against this thing because, hey, we're all going to fucking die. Why not? Why not go down with honor? Go yeah. down fighting. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's. I try and spread a message on this channel as well that, like, you know, it's time that we all started putting our, our weapons down and, and started fighting against our common enemy, which is the government in power. Um, whether you're in the States uh, or you're in, like, you know, the, the Democrats, uh, I guess, would be the enemy there, um, depending on the, on the side of the fence you're on. But um, even here, you know, here I feel that, I, look, like I said, I haven't been to America in a while, so I don't know what it's really like. But I can speak for South Africa in terms of feeling, being an outsider and looking in and saying, like, I felt the tension between races, between politics, between everybody just grow and grow and grow as, as frustrations increase. Everyone, when you, when you visit, no matter where you fall in the politics, even if you're not into politics, you don't even realize you're talking about politics because you'll go to a bri and you'll complain about ESCOM and how the load shedding doesn't stop and, and, and you're, you're, I'm working hard and I'm, I'm paying taxes and this freaking government isn't doing its job and blah, blah, blah. You're talking about politics. Whether you like it or not, you are. When you complain about ESCOM, you complain about SAA and all these state-owned uh, enterprises that are falling, crumbling. Um, you know, it's time for people to really wake up, smell the coffee and say, hey, 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 the people we voted in power are not doing a good job and it's time for change. Yes, exactly. Because just think who, who basically says, you know, when a debate, a speech or whatever, you can consider that an interview with the boss. The boss is the people. The people are the ones that elect them into power and the people ha- should have the 
have the right to stand up and say, hey, you're not doing the fucking job that we hired you to do. You're fired. Get the fuck out of here. Yep. Which is essentially what happened in the Egyptian Revolution recently, a few years ago. They were upset with the, the president at the time, and they revolted. Or you could argue that they're in a worse position now with the people that took over. But, hey, uh, <laughs> they gambled. You got to live with the, yeah. with the outcome. But you could still, again, people always have power. I think it's, it's astonishing to me that some South Africans have this attitude, like they've kind of given up. I've noticed that. There's a lot of South Africans that get the feeling that they've kind of gone like, nah, what's the point? Which is a scary situation to be on, and even the statistics show that, you know, like, I think there's like, uh, I can't remember the exact uh, number, but it was, I think, uh, 20 million people registered or something like that to vote, but only 9, 9 million uh, voted or something like that. It, it's, that's scary and tells a story that people have lost confidence even in the uh, process of election here. Um, and I hope that this lockdown has shown people that, hey, whether you, no matter where, where you fall on this, you, you need to vote. You know, a good example we can use is uh, Freddy Krueger. You know, if you, fo- if you follow the story, Nightmare on Elm Street, and what gave him his power, why he could kill these kids during their dreams, it was because of their fear that made him strong. Mm. Well, our fear is what's making the government strong because our fear is what is preventing us from standing up and doing the right thing and telling them, hey. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Oh, man. All right, so uh, you mentioned earlier that you wanted to talk about some other topics. What, uh, what, what else did you want to talk about? Well, so, you know, I think it's very, very important for Americans to really, really pay attention to what's going on in South Africa. Extremely important, uh, you know, because, you know, I don't want to say there's no hope left for South Africa, but a lot of people are saying that. You know, and I, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to insult South Africans by saying that, but I think we as Americans need to pay attention to what's going on over there, or and um, and take note of it because it's already been said. I've said it many times that South Africa is the blueprint test bed for what they want here in America, and so is Venezuela. You know, Venezuela twenty years ago was a thriving utopia. Mm. Now look at it. It's a, it's a communist shithole, and, and, and from what I understand, the most dangerous country in the world right now. And, um, you know, so we need to pay attention to, you know, to Venezuela. We need to pay attention to what they did in Zimbabwe. And uh, I, I don't know why they're, South Africans aren't taking note of what's happening, what's happened in Zimbabwe, because they're about to re- make the f- same fucking mistake. So the state of California, let me tell you, when, when I lived there, I was 14 years old. 1988 presidential election. Uh, Reagan has used up his two terms, so his vice president, George H.W. Bush, was was up uh, running against Michael Dukakis. Uh, 
Michael Dukakis was asked during one of the debates if somebody had raped and murdered his wife, would he seek the death penalty? And he said no. And at that time, when I was living there, he would, after that debate, he was a big laughing stock. And people were, th in, even in California, they were saying, what a pussy. I do not want to vote him into the office because he's going to be soft on crime. You know, today, he, he'd, win, he'd win him over. And California, uh, first off, I think you, you, walked, you walked down the streets of San Francisco with your dog and you don't have a, a little baggie with you, you can get a ticket. But homeless people are allowed to take a crap on the fucking sidewalk? Does it make sense? No. <laughs> no, it's it's for real. They can. They, you know, and of course the uh, so wait, wait, so you have homeless people just dropping trowel in the in 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 like the open, right there on the sidewalk. For there, there could be an outdoor restaurant maybe uh, fifteen feet away, and and some homeless person is taking a shit on the fucking sidewalk. For real, I am not joking. But if you get caught walking your dog without a little baggie, you can get a ticket. And also, look on the ground. Be very careful. You're walking down the streets of San Francisco because we got needles on the ground. So, I mean, oh, like uh, drug needles. Yes. So, it, I mean, if you got caught with heroin or something like that 20 years ago when I was there, you you automatically you'd go to jail. I mean, they've always been kind of lenient on weed, you know, and uh, that's. That's another subject there with uh, marijuana, but uh, they've always been kind of lenient on that. But, um, you know, now, now you can shoot up in the middle of the street and they ain't going to do a fucking thing. What? It's changed. And, yet, and if you speak out against this shit, you're a racist. Okay, so... A white guy, a white homeless person is taking a shit on the sidewalk and slamming a needle in his arm. And you tell, you say what he's doing is wrong. You're a racist. Where, where does that make sense? Seems like we've been, I, I've been fearing this for a while in, in the past years that I've been sort of following American politics and, and what America, where America is going. I feel that not all Americans, obviously, but let's just for the sake of this, of my point, just generalize a little bit. America is almost going too much with the freedom. And I think that's warping some of the civilians' uh, uh, perception on things, you know, where it's, it's almost like people feel like, yeah, but you have a right to do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. You want to take a shit in the street, take a shit in the street. You want to... You want to, you want to, you know, get some drugs, Shoot do them. that, do that, you know? And then it's like, it's, it's, it's almost like, oh, shame, he's homeless, let him, he's got nothing else, like, let him, let him. But then the guy with the dog, it's like, well, you kind of are in a different category because you're not sad and lonely and homeless. You clearly have a place. So now you have to be responsible. It's a very weird way of thinking, and I think that's a result of just almost too many freedoms, if I can put it that way. 
um, I've always been worried about that. Like, where where does it stop? Where does it? Where does it? Where's the line? You know, where where are people going to be? Like, it's enough is enough. Like this homeless guy, we need to help him. We need to get him to a place where he can have a shower and a toilet and all that stuff, and rehabilitate exactly. him and help him, uh, give him some skills so he can get back into the world and be a productive member of society. Um, I mean, at the end of the day. That homeless guy wants to be a productive member of society. I'm sure he wants money and food and all that stuff. So um, there's, 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 I don't know. It's almost like somewhere along the line, uh, something happened and something was overlooked. And where I feel that America's in this situation where it's like, ooh, crap, we may have given people a bit too much freedom. How do we get it? Back? Well, a lot of people, look at this though. A lot of people are going. I'm looking at California and thinking that's the perfect place to, to be homeless. And of course, places like San Francisco, Los Angeles and all that, you see these tents uh, pitched up and they're dragging in old sofas and bullshit like that, you know, and it, it's disgusting what it's become. I mean, San Francisco, I, when I was a kid, I mean, I really didn't care for it because I thought it was a little overcrowded. But still, there were some nice restaurants I've eaten at. You know, go walk down Fisherman's Wharf, and and now and now this, now you know, and and the subject of drugs. You know, I I am one hundred percent for the legalization of marijuana for uh, medicinal and uh, and and recreational use. You know, I mean there. And that's my main reason is not because, uh, yes, I do occasionally smoke weed, but because of the uh, the thriving economies I've seen in states that have legalized it, like Oregon, Colorado, and Washington. I've seen I've seen it. It was beautiful what they've done there. But drugs like heroin and methamphetamines, cocaine, they're illegal for a damn good reason and now they're just letting them shoot up well i i had this discussion with a friend of mine as well why not just legalize all the drugs you know because there's a there's a logic to that craziness because once you legalize something it's almost like the norm and then um you almost eradicate the drug problem in a sense um because now you can tax it and probably make more money and people may be a little bit more responsible for it. I, it's almost like uh, the prohibition, right? When, when alcohol and we've seen even now yeah. in South Africa with, with the lockdown, uh, you know, cigarettes and alcohol were made illegal. People still smoked. People still drank. You can't stop it. And yeah. uh, you may not have had as many alcohol-related incidences. I don't know. I need to look at the statistics. I don't know about that one. But my point here is when you make uh, something illegal, people tend to want it more. Um, and alcohol and cigarettes have kind of become, they're not, some could argue they're drugs and some would say they're not. It doesn't matter. Uh, yes, things like shrooms, heroin, marijuana, they all have their different degrees of, uh, of uh, hallucinogenic uh, reactions uh, or the way you hallucinate or whatever the intensity is different. Um, and one could argue like, yeah, but then, you know, you're going to have a lot more over, uh, overdoses. People are going to be irresponsible. You're going to have crazy people in the streets. I don't know. I don't know about that. I think it, the same applies with, with, with alcohol in a way. You know, you get people that will, yes, overdo it, but you get a lot of people that are responsible with it. Uh, 
it's and again it's happening now regardless if it's legal or not anyway people are doing it so why not just make it legal that's my well opinion. because you're talking to a former meth addict too and <laughs> i just can't i i'm sorry i cannot agree to legalizing methamphetamines i i saw what it did to me and the person it made me into mm. you know and and it it can it can make a person like yourself, you know, who's calm, collective, fun to talk to and whatnot, it, it can turn you into a monster. Oh, okay. And and you don't need very much to do it. Mm. Well, that's, so, that's I mean, fair. so, you know, battling my, overcoming my own addictions is why I, I say, you know, keep it illegal. It's not good. It's not good for you. Let, let alone, and it's and it's not good for your family. It, this is this is something that can hurt you, hurt and hurt those that you love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the Dodge idea is saying here: people confuse the legis- legalization of drugs with their own ideas of legalization, instead of actually reading and listening to the advocates, which clearly state that addicts should be helped, not jailed. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, you just said that you went through it yourself. Um, and uh, congratulations on, on being sober and working through that. Um, I have never touched meth, um, so I don't know what it's like, so I can't speak on that. Um, but yeah, it was an interesting conversation with my friend. Again, it was him that, that said, you know, hey, maybe we should just legal. And we had a whole discussion. I personally... I'm on the opinion of certain drugs should be legal. Like, so marijuana, I don't see a big problem with that. Uh, it just needs to be at the right age when people can take it. Because I do think that, oh, I-, um, I think that like if you're young, it's going to influence you in a bad way. Um, you need to be, so that's, that's fine. Um, I don't, I don't smoke marijuana by the way, but I'm still, I'm still okay with that. Uh, shrooms. I don't know. Uh, I've been told that shrooms are a natural, can be a natural, depending on the shroom you take, can be a natural thing out of the wild or whatever, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's true. organic. Um, and again, with the right people, with the right age, with the right everything in a controlled environment, it's safe to take. Um, so those are the ones that I'd probably be like, that's fine, that's okay, if those are the kind of situations we're in. But, uh, yeah, I would have to agree that with meth or any other weird, mixed, or intense uh, drug that makes you go crazy or changes who you are is not a good thing. You know, I, I'll just share a funny story with you is that uh, I've never really done shrooms because the best ones, from what I understand, the best ones are, fo- are found under a dry cow patty. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's something that's been under a pile of shit. I don't want to put in my body. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll ask. I'll ask my friend that that's kind of an expert on that, and I'll I'll see what he says. <laughs> he does live on a farm, so <laughs> that would explain a lot. <laughs> oh man. All right, so um, we have a question. Michael Herps is asking, can you imagine how NDZ would react to the legalization of all drugs? <laughs> yeah, she'd have a, a hernia. Um, 
All right, so we got a few more people joining in. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm sitting here with Bad Billy from Outlaw Radio.、Uh, please go check him out. I will leave a link to his.、Uh, do you have a YouTube channel or is it a podcast? It's a podcast, actually.、Uh, my.、Um My website, easiest way to find everything,、uh, Outlaw Radio, ABS, Alpha Bravo, Sierra.com. There we go. I'll leave a link to that in the description below、uh, after this show. So we have about nine minutes left. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Yeah. One of the, one of the most destructive things that、uh, I think is, is affecting us all, and not, not as an American, Not you as a South African, but us as a worldwide society, one of the things that is just destroying us. And that is the inability to agree, to disagree,、mm. to, to, to have a friendly conversation like you and I. It, it's called political correct. It's actually PC, is what I, I prefer to as pro communist. Um, You know, this is, I think this is something that is、uh, more dangerous than、uh, what people think. And,、uh, you know, and it's something that needs to, to really be watched,、mm -hmm. you know,、um, because so I'm sorry if,、uh, if so, somebody offends me or whatever, you know, I'm not going to say you need to be silenced. There's just way too much of that. There's way too much of that, you know.、Um, And there are certain things that, out of consideration, that I would not say around, around other people. Like,、uh, say, so, say, for example, I, Joe, I, I didn't like you. You were considered my, my mortal enemy, and your, and your father died. Do you think I would attack you for that?、Mm. Me, first, given the type of person I am. No. You know, no, absolutely not. So, You know, I mean, but there, there are plenty of people that would, and, and many of them today, you know, like, like, they're go, like、uh, one thing that I just think is so sick and wrong that's trending on Twitter right now is the wrong Trump died. Because、uh, unfortunately, you know, anybody who's anybody knows that President Trump's、uh, younger brother just passed away a couple days ago. Yeah. And,、um, you know, or they're, they're, that's tri it's trending on、uh, social media. Fuck Robert Trump. You know, and I'm going to say that those people do have the right to push, to post that stuff if they want. I'm not going to disagree. I'm not going to say they need to be silenced either. I mean, but、uh, I'm, I'm going to disagree with what they're doing because I do believe this, you know,、um, I mean, that, that's a beautiful flag you have, you have behind you. If you were here in America and, and you didn't like the way things run, you set that thing ablaze.、Mm -hmm. uh, one thing I do disagree with President Trump about is wanting to make it a felony to,、uh, burn, to burn the American flag. I honestly believe that that does go with our First Amendment right there, freedom of speech. That if you want to burn an American flag in a demonstration, that is your right to do so.、Uh, the KKK is another example. My mom thinks that the KKK n e e d to be arrested for, you know, if you join so much, fill out an application, you need to be arrested. I don't like the KKK. I don't like the shit they stand for. But 
The fact if they're out in the middle of nowhere burning a cross and doing their white power bullshit, they have the right to do so. And I'm not going to say you can't do that. I'm a, I'm gonna I may say hey you're fucking retarded for doing that but I'm not gonna say you can't do that and there's too many people now that uh, want to push for this you know oh he offended me we got to get rid of this oh we got to get rid of that you know and uh, it it's destroying humanity is what it's doing yeah I think uh, our tolerance towards opinions has, has deteriorated over the years um, you know, the, the far left, extreme left, like to preach about tolerance, but they have no idea what that word means. Um, you want to see tolerance, uh, watch my interview with Bianca Van Vyck. Um, <laughs> a lot of people said I had a, a lot of tolerance. Um, I don't know. I was, that was a normal conversation to me, and um, we just had a conversation. Uh, an interesting one at that. But... Um, yeah, it's it's. I, I understand what you're saying, and I hear what you're saying. It's it is something that worries me as well. You know, like we 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 talk about a society where you can have freedom of expression and freedom of uh, freedom of speech and freedom of choice and freedom of this and freedom of that. But then we start putting certain limitations on it. Now, obviously, when it comes to murdering someone. Obviously, that's against the law. We all agree that none of us can take a life that's very wrong uh, in any. You don't have that right. Yeah, in any religion and in any most religions and in most, uh, uh, you know, whether you're part of a tribe or whatever it is you believe in, everybody can agree that killing someone is just not right. So that remains as is, and certain things can't be said, and certain things shouldn't be said, uh, like for example, racist slurs or hate speech and all that stuff. Uh, there's, there's, they need to be properly defined. At the moment, they are too broad, and um, that's, that's, I think, where the confusion comes in for a lot of people. We don't know anymore what we can say, what we can't say, because there are people out there that see something, uh, like, for example, my retweet, and then they want to just assume things and say, oh, but you're this, oh, but you're that, uh, call me names, uh, you know, shame me as best as they can without really getting to know me or understand why I would have retweeted something or even said something. Um, we're too quick, and I think social media is actually one of the biggest problems and contributions to this kind of behavior is because people can hide behind an anonymous account and say whatever they want um, and cause um, <laughs> this, 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 then people jump on the bandwagon and like, yeah, no, I agree with this statement. Oh, my word, this anonymous account is so brave. No, it's not. You're hiding behind an anonymous account. Nobody knows who you are, and you're saying stupid shit. Um, you want to be brave? Speak out. Stand up for what you believe in as the person that you actually are. That's why, like, when, when, when I started speaking out, my wife was concerned. She said, no, you should probably make another account and try and be anonymous and stuff like that. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm, then I'm stooping to their level. No, I am steadfast in my beliefs. I firmly believe that if you want to get to know someone and judge them, then you actually have to get to know them to judge them. We, exactly. that, that saying of don't judge a book by its cover is, it's almost like we forgot that saying. You know, um, you know I, I understand that the extremists on either side don't have a lot of tolerance as much as they want to preach that they do, they don't. Um, and on either side, 
both of them are, are big problems and they'll probably always be fighting because their ideologies on either side they believe 100% and it's very difficult to, to sway them either or. But hopefully the people that are somewhere in the middle can convince them otherwise or ask them to calm down or, or, or just, I don't know, have a conversation with them. Um, I, I hope that maybe five years from now, 10 years from now, when we're looking back at some of the things that happened during this pandemic and some of the countries that made certain decisions and presidents that were making certain decisions, and this goes across the board, I hope that humans will learn from what happened and stop using history as a weapon. And that's one of the biggest problems is that history is used as a weapon, which creates even more uh, confusion and uh, helps broaden the terms of certain words um, and is used politically as well to confuse people. There's so many things and so many factors that are happening in our world today that, uh, and, uh, that it's very difficult to see past the BS. And this is something that Venner and I used to preach a lot on, on one of my shows where we said, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. There's nothing wrong with being a curious mind and finding out, okay, cool, so this person said something I don't agree with, but why? Do a bit of, do a Google search, find out stuff, all right? Try and find out where the BS is and whatever you think is BS, you can cast it aside or you can ask even more questions and research even more. Eventually, you'll find a source and you can determine, okay, this source is reliable or not reliable. But unfortunately, there's so much information today. There's so much uh, information at our fingertips with, with the internet and Google that it is very difficult to find out what is true and what is not. But it's very easy to look at the surface and take a mainstream headline, read the article, then go on Google and see if all that stuff is true or not. And it's very easy. I mean, CNN, <laughs> it's very easy to debunk some of the things they say about Trump. It's very oh, God. easy. Very, very easy. It's, you just have to do a bit of research. Especially Fredo. <laughs> so that that whole that whole uh, homo, excuse me, Cuomo family. Did I just say that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're I mean, they're rotten to the core, and they always have been. Yeah. Yes. And, and uh, sorry, continue. Yeah, I just also want to say too. You know, you were speaking on on racial slurs. You know, I mean, obviously, I don't use them. I don't like hearing them. I, I hate that shit. I have I have African-American friends that are constantly using that word, and I want to slap them on the back of the head and say, have some fucking self-respect, you know. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to I'm, – I'm not, I'm not their mom. I'm not their dad. I, I'm not the one who's going to tell them how they should talk, but I just – Ooh, I hate it though when they they constantly do that because this is the reason why is because uh, you know younger white people hear that they're going to think it's okay to use words like that and, you know and if I if I was to adopt a black kid he would he would definitely uh, at least as a child he would not be allowed to use that word or else he'd probably get some soap in his mouth yeah no I agree absolutely look I mean media also plays a part celebrities also play a part because they're heavily influenced like I said there's a lot of aspects to to what's happening at the moment that blur the lines and cause even more confusion for your everyday person who just wants to live a good life and that's the thing you have yes. extreme people on the left and extreme people on the right well, right people also do the anonymous um, 
trolling thing and we like i said oh, they, yes. they have the same behaviors just different ideologies and um the the thing is the people in the middle get kind of caught up and don't know what to think and this one said this and ah oh, this celebrity said that and this president said that and they kind of get confused which is what causes them to just kind of go with the flow to a certain extent they don't really know what to believe in but they know okay i mustn't say that word and i, I probably shouldn't say that okay but I don't really think that's too offensive, so I'm going to still be okay. I'm going to, like, we find like-minded people and we hang out with them where we feel that we can be uh, ourselves. Because at the end of the day, all we really want is a society, and I think this goes across the board, any, any human being just wants to live a good, decent life. We want to be able to have a family, have a car, have a house. And, uh, and, and, and have a job that, that pays for our children's education and, and, and gives them a fighting chance in, in this crazy world. We want to uh, provide for all members of our family if we can, share our, our wealth with, with, with the family if, if need be. That's a, that's a choice on your own. But at the end of the day, we just want to live and live a good life. We want, when we see certain, we want to live in a house, we want to feel safe in our society. Um, and I, I don't care if you're a capitalist, a socialist, a Marxist, a whatever. Every human being, no matter who you are, wants that. Whether you're part of a tribe or you're part of a, a, a well, not elitist group, they're, they're selfish. Uh, but I mean, for the most part, most human beings, no matter where you come from, they just want to live. And right now, it's becoming even more difficult to just do so, which I think is why some of the people in, in today's society, I have a lot of friends that are like this. They're like, dude, don't talk to me about politics. Don't talk to me about, um, don't talk to me about, uh, yeah, uh, current affairs because I'm not interested. People just kind of tune out. They don't even listen to the news anymore. They just want to live. <laughs> And, um, you know, just one thing uh, before we end this, too, that uh, I want to bring to your attention, Joe, is uh, you talk about uh, some of the extreme rights that also hide behind anonymous accounts. I have gone against uh, some of the biggest racists on the network that I've ever encountered on a website called Chimp Mania. And uh, still to this day, I mean... Uh, they have their favorite nickname for me, and they mention me on their radio show once in a while, but I clowned them so bad that they didn't do a radio show for almost a year after they thought they could get one over on me. Wow. And uh, in the, in the uh, chat section here on Skype, I sent you uh, something that Chimp Mania has made about me. If you want to take a quick look at that, this is the best they could do against against me. If you want to take a quick look. Yeah, I'm trying to uh, pop it up quickly. Hold on. Give me a moment, please. Let me just... It's good for a laugh. <laughs> um, let's see here. It's not... Is it... Oh, my word. <laughs> Um, let me see if I can save this quickly and pop it up on the screen. Um, uh, there we go. Advisory, it does contain the N-word, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't put it up then. Um, well, they, just, they just called me a lover. Yes. Uh, okay, so it's, it's Brokeback Billy. That's the title. <laughs> um, they've kind of... Uh, yes. 
made cartoonish My- faces of, of, of cowboys uh, leaning on a truck. And underneath Brokeback Billy, it says groundbreaking. Uh, <laughs> like it's a, it's a movie poster basically saying groundbreaking from David Anson Newsweek. Um, and yeah, the next quote is the N-word lover. Um, t- I mean, really, like... Uh, this, so yeah, so they did... The one in the white shirt there, that's supposedly me. And then, of course, my uh, former co-host of Outlaw Radio, Derek Stark. The guy poking his head out of the pickup is uh, my uh, other co-host of Outlaw Radio, Chris Master. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this is the best they could do against me, is basically a broke-back mountain gay joke. And I'm going to say, when when you're gay jokes and – and racism are the bottom of the fucking barrel when you have no material to really work. I mean, you're a comedian. You know that you got to have some good material. Mm. This is the best they got. <laughs> well, so, uh, I've also been a recipient of, of memes. I unfortunately couldn't get a hold of it because the post was deleted and I don't know why. But um, someone had superimposed my face on Donald Trump's face. <laughs> which i love i was like i, I want to i want that meme because it's an honor to be a meme and that's what these guys don't understand as well you make me a meme you're gonna make me infamous um and i, I was gonna i was prepared to share it because i thought it was one of the funniest things ever uh, it wasn't as uh, offensive i think i think that meme is just pure nasty offensive like it's meant to just make you angry and um, really try and offend you. It's, it's not even about them making fun of you. It's more about this is what we think of you, Mr. Billy. And uh, I think it's disgusting like, just to use okay. that word. In today's society especially, people should know better to, than to use certain words like that. Um, it's unacceptable. You know, but th- this is the best they got to get – against me they you know it just shows the degree of the intelligence that they don't have you know and and you know what i would have said too especially when i came across this is i said oh i see i see that i'm your god by all means keep worshiping me if you want Mm. Um, if they're going to take the time to do something stupid like that mm. No, I agree. Um, so Yanni has uh, Yanni is one of like South Africa's best uh, moderators. One day I'm going to make an award for him. Um, he's he's uh, left your link to your website in the live chat. So please, guys, go check that out. Please go. Also, I think he's left your Twitter uh, handle. Yes, he has a Twitter link to your profile. Please go give him a follow. And uh, I will leave those links in the description below once we're done here. He also says. That is the best way I have heard someone say certain joke types are bottom of the barrel. Well done, Bad Billy. You have my follow. (laughs) All right. I appreciate that. (laughs) uh, Unfortunately for me, though, I mean, I I hate to cut you off on your own show, but it is uh, just 10 minutes after 3 a.m. and I am I'm getting sleepy. (laughs) No, that's fine, man. I understand. Look, I'd love to have you back for uh, another conversation like this. as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, you know, you're doing, you're going to do, uh, just explain to people again, for those that tuned in now, uh, what you're going to do with this, with this recording. 
And of course, it's probably going to be edited down. So if you want the full conversation, of course, you have to go to uh, Joe Emilio's uh, YouTube YouTube link there. But uh, I have a I have a specific show uh, coming up where there's not going to be very much comedy. Like a you know I, I'm not a comedian like Joe. I I, I just like to say funny shit. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I'm going to be focusing a lot on the issues in South Africa. I mean. Uh, you know, yeah, here you heard me talk some politics and talk about some serious issues with Joe, but uh, I'm going to have other guests on the show. Um, well, you know, we're going to be discussing uh, the corrupt ANC government, the farm murders, the the load shedding, the, you know, the bullshit that's going on, you know, and that's going to be August 22nd. It's called a uh, special called Reckoning 2. And uh, so far, who I have booked, I've... I have uh, Jason Buffalo Bartlett, of course, a part of this. So, uh, yeah, I got to say I got Joe Emilio booked for this show. Uh, Brindy Wells, I'm going to be talking to her. And uh, I'm trying to get uh, Devin Hoffmeyer because uh, we, him and I have been ha- meaning to have a conversation for some time. And it's going to be between a three-and-a-half and, and four-hour-long show altogether. And it's good. I'm, I never go, even as serious as the show is, I'm, I always feature good music. And, uh, of course, uh, the feature song for the show is uh, I Am a Nightmare by my one of my favorite bands. You, I know you haven't heard of them, but uh, you will now. They're called Boba Flex. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I know it sounds so, – yeah, it sounds like a Star Wars yeah. uh, exercise machine <laughs> on a Boba Flex. They're, they're awesome. You know, now that you, now that you heard of them, just uh, type it into, into YouTube and check them out, if, especially if you like hard rock and metal like I do. Right. <laughs> well, uh, Bad Billy, you are uh, a rock star, and um, I've enjoyed our conversation together. Thank you so much for being willing to come onto my show and, and, and accommodating with time as well. Uh, I hope that I can have you back um, soon. And um, Brandy Wells, wondering face smiley. Oh, okay, so Yanni doesn't know who Brandy Wells is. Well, if you don't know who those people are, please go check out on the 22nd of August, uh, The Reckoning 2, um, and enjoy that show and see what uh, what uh, Bad Billy has up his sleeve. Like I said, I hope that he will join me again on the show. We'll talk about other things. Uh, but Bad Billy, go get some rest. Um, enjoy. What, what day is it there now? It's uh, well, it's fixing to be Wednesday. Right, so. so enjoy the rest of your Wednesday then. Yes. That's weird because um, it's Tuesday here now. <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Oh it's, wait a minute! No, it, I I see. I'm I'm losing. I'm getting old. Damn it! And, <laughs> and if Derek and Chris were here, I'd I'd never hear the end of this shit. But uh, one one more thing, uh, since uh, this is also going to be on my show as well, um, Joe, if you could please uh, plug plug everything. You know your YouTube, your Twitter, and everything. So. Uh, you know, they if they're listening on that side, they know where to go. Oh, oh fantastic. Uh, the easiest is to go to www.joeemilio.co.za. But you can also find me on YouTube, uh, The Joe Show or Joe Emilio. Just type in Joe Emilio. It's a uh, what looks like a, a caricature of my face with a red background and uh, lots of videos. And, uh, you'll and a big it. old grin. Yeah, and a big <laughs> old grin. Uh, <laughs> so hopefully you can find me there. Uh, and the way to know if you found the right uh, channel is just search for Bad Billy as well. Bad Billy Joe Emilio, and I should pop up. The show should pop up. And uh, yeah, or at worst case scenario, search on YouTube, Joe Emilio, South Africa, comedian, Bad Billy. You'll find it as well. 
Uh, Joe, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, buddy. I'll chat to you very soon. All right, take care. Cheers, buddy. All right, so as I sign off here, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you like uh, Bad Billy. He's an interesting guy. He used to be a, a boxer uh, and also very versed in other fields of, uh, of fighting. And um, yeah, we had a very interesting conversation. I really enjoyed my conversation with Bad Billy. I just wanted to say, for those of you that might have sensitive ears listening to this, again, I invite everyone and anyone on my show, and I like my guests to be themselves. Yes, Bad Billy did swear a bit. If I'm, I don't even know if I should say I'm sorry for that. Again, I just want him to be himself. But for the snowflakes out there that might have heard some things and might want to take snippets of the show and try and accuse me of being, or, or even Billy, of being racist or homophobe, know that I am calling you out now and predicting that you will do so. So if you do, you have egg on your face because you need to take the full interview into consideration to understand the context. So stop being snowflakes. Stop. Just stop. And if you don't like my content, why are you watching? Why? <laughs> but for those of you that do enjoy my content, please subscribe. Thank you guys so much for watching. Leave a like. Share this with everyone. And I'll catch you at the next one. I just messed up my sign-off because it's too early in the morning for this. Um, <laughs> so let me try that again. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you guys so much for, for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, stay safe. Be kind to one another, and I'll see you at the next one. Good night. Good day. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I know that was uh, longer than the others, of course. That was uh, the interview I had with South African comedian Joe Emilio. And uh, be sure to go to his YouTube channel to check out uh, the rest of his stuff, because he's got some good content up there. Well, it is time to wrap up this edition of Outlaw Radio. I want to thank you very much for listening. So what's on tap for next week is yet to be determined. Yes, indeed. But uh, I want to wrap this show up with uh, one of my favorite songs by Boba Flex. Of course, uh, the way I look at it and the way they wrote it are basically two different things because I say when we, the silent majority, stand together against this nightmare we are facing, we are their worst fucking nightmare. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much for tuning in to Outlaw Radio, and I will be back next week. Are you tired of modern pop music that sounds like a dog fucking a squeaky toy? Well, that's why you're listening to Outlaw Radio. We tell bad bed music to piss up a rope. We give you our opinions, and if a fight breaks out, so fucking what? This is Outlaw Radio.
Hey everyone, Bad Billy here. Do you own a business? Or perhaps you're in a band? Or maybe you run a radio show or podcast? Whatever you do, you want to market your brand with custom-made apparel. Look no further than Fresh Baked Tees. T-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, caps, beanies, koozies, banners, and even masks. You can get them all custom-made from Fresh Baked Tees. Prices are reasonable and negotiable. Simply go to freshbakedtees.com, submit your logo, and place your order today. Yo, check out Corrupt All Around Radio with Nick Brockmeyer, the CBDJ. He's been part of the rap, rock, and hip-hop underground scene for over a decade. Corrupt All Around Radio sizzles through your speakers. Corrupt All Around Radio spotlights the best of new music from up-and-coming national acts on national tours, as well as existing bands that are still out rocking the industry. Corrupt All Around Radio gives these bands love and respect, playing their music and interviews from the road. For all the 411, visit Instagram.com, Facebook.com, and Twitter.com forward slash Corrupt TV Radio. And check out the underscore CBDJ on Instagram. Corrupt All Around Radio! Proud to be a part of the Roctagon Sports and Music Network. The Ayatollahs of Iran and every terrorist you enable. Listen up. You might have met our fresh-faced flower child president and his weak-kneed Ivy League friends. But you haven't met America. You haven't met the heartland where the people will defend this nation with their bloody, callous, bare hands. That's what it takes. You haven't met the steel workers and the hard rock miners or the swamp folks in Cajun country who can wrestle a full-grown gator out of the water. You haven't met the farmers, the cowboys, the loggers, and the truck drivers. You don't know the mountain men who live off the land or the brave cops who fight the good fight in the urban war zones. No, you've never met America. And you ought to pray you never do. I'm the National Rifle Association of America, and I'm Freedom's safest place. Hi, it's the Big Voice Guy, the one who intros and promos the show you're listening to right now. Hi, my name is Jim Hunt. I voice for a growing list of internet and terrestrial radio stations, podcasts, and businesses. I'd love to spread the word about yours, too, no matter if the message is serious or silly. Whether you want the delivery to be hard-hitting, voice of authority, or conversational, warm, and fuzzy. From fully produced station imaging and commercials to custom phone system messages on hold and IVR prompts, voiceovers for computer games to narrations for presentations, even post-production audio editing and audio cleanup services. Yeah, I do them too. I'm your guy. I do business as Jim Hunt voiceovers and audio services. My rates are reasonable and negotiable because I love internet radio too. Visit my website, jimhuntvo.com. I'm Jim Hunt, at your service. Put my voice and audio production skills to work for you. Let's do this. You have been listening.
listening to Outlaw Radio. Be sure to leave your feedback by calling 208-957-7016. All feedback is played and replied to on the show. Visit our official website at OutlawRadioABS.com. Outlaw Radio is a presentation of AOW Productions. Well, here I am sitting on a porch writing another song. Wailing Willie David Allen Cole You can't go wrong You're such great outlaw boys just like me Man can't you see Because you can't go wrong with one good outlaw song The outlaw song Can't go wrong. Can't go 